Welcome to episode 71 of The Kraken Pod, a podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, those new and old to hockey, and hockey fans looking to have fun. Along with you, we try to go into what lies beneath when it comes to everything Seattle Kraken and the NHL. Huge episode. We are on the eve of the playoffs with your Seattle Kraken. It is official, and we're super pumped to have Piper Shaw from Root Sports with a playoff preview. This is exciting. Cannot wait to hear what from what Piper has to say from in the locker room and outside and all the inside stuff. It's a fun conversation. We can't wait to share that with you. Terrible news. We are winning our way into the playoffs, which is fantastic. Tons of stuff to chat about. The upcoming schedule. Did somebody on the Kraken broadcast team have beef with a national broadcaster? We will explain the situation. No dumb questions. What is cap circumvention and why are the Las Vegas Golden Knights turds for using this thing? We'll tell you about that. And in our three stars of the week, this is where Joey and I catch you up on our personal life and share with you what is really ranking high in our lives this week. Well, the biggest thing is the playoffs, baby. Your Seattle Kraken are going to it. Welcome to episode 71 of the Kraken Pod. Let's go. What is up? My name is Jeff Janusik. This is my friend and co-host. Joey Cirillo. How are you? I'm good, brother. How are you? Uh, great. Easter was good. Uh, we spent a lot of time fishing and hanging out, and uh, we drank beers and ate some food. Nice. So that's you know what Easter's all about, really. Okay. Minus the fishing thing. How, was, how are you? Uh, I'm doing really good. I did not. Well, I guess I kind of celebrated. I'm not like a big Easter person, yeah. but I went. I ate a bunch of crawfish, so that Heck was yeah. delicious. Same yeah, here. So that was good. And mm-hmm. then Friday, which I didn't know. Like I don't know anything about this stuff. I didn't know what Good Friday is. I just saw people like I saw like you sharing it and other people sharing it, and I was like, well, every Friday is a Good Friday if you want to make it one. <laughs> and then I went to a uh, I went to a, a bar that's pretty close here in the neighborhood that I just freaking love and hung out there. And they always do like these really cool pop-ups that are like legitimate pop-ups. In fact, there's this uh, Thai food place that used to pop up there that is now blown up into a, a massive restaurant. There's no point naming it. No one would know. Um, well, what is it? Uh, Budsy's Authentic Thai. Oh, cool. They started at this bar just like serving food out of hot plates. And it was so fucking good. In fact, I remember the moment where I knew this restaurant was going to make it because... It was like the middle of the summer, like last year, and the bars packed. Their AC stopped working. And so everyone in the bar is just sweating bullets. And, the, and like the bar is legitimately slammed. And everyone there was eating like spicy Thai food. So like <laughs> eating Thai food, like sweating onto the, like their paper plates and into their bowls. And I'm like, this restaurant's going to make it because no one here cares. It's like 102 degrees outside. We're all eating spicy Thai food. Like that's how good the food was. Hell yeah. And now they have an Indian food pop up and that was good. So I... I ate uh, some really good Indian food, and then I proceeded to have multiple drinks and then uh, some beer and shot specials, and that was my that was my Good Friday. It was a very good Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot, of, especially in spring. There's a lot of Good Fridays, but uh, yeah, that's kind of the same same deal with us. Was uh, fishing for six hours in the morning, and then we you were up early. Yeah, yeah. Well, fish get up early, man. Yeah, they don't sleep in. <laughs> fish get up early. Got to get out there. It was super cool. Um, I'll yeah. explain that a little bit later on in the uh, in the in the uh, three stars of the week. But okay. Anyway, life has really been all about this Seattle Kraken team and what they are doing 
in their second season in existence, mm-hmm. clinching that wild card spot, numero uno, uh, last week. So we've got to recap it, and we've got to get to our friend Piper Shaw to talk about the playoffs, which is pretty cool. We recorded this interview that's com- coming up here in a little bit um, uh, last week. And everything she talks about and everything we talk about still holds true, even mm-hmm. though it's it's dated last week, which is pretty neat. So yeah. her her preview of the playoffs is still the matchup that we're supposed to have mm-hmm. is still something that she discusses really neat. So we can't wait for that. So let's get right to it. Let's get into your Kraken reaction. So the number one reaction here is the Seattle Kraken in their second season ever in the NHL. Last week, they clinched and claimed the top wild card spot. Yes. Huge news. Uh, it was a big sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of like stopped, you know, stressing so much because yes. we're in no matter what. That X got, you know, the X, right? That sexy X right next to the Seattle Kraken's name. X going to give it to you. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what the, the dogs are out hunting, man. Tell you what, the give a shit meter is super high. I think that's the first uh, hip hop reference you've gotten. I've dropped, I? So I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. oh yeah. 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 I got it. Rest in peace, man. Rest in peace. Yeah. So we're feeling good going to the playoffs and it does doesn't hurt that the Kraken are on a five-game win streak. Dude, they have been crushing it lately. It also feels like they've been playing a game every night. I don't yeah. know. The schedule is yeah. just like things are ramping up so much. I'm like, I feel like every single night has been a Kraken game. But, dude, the boys are on a five-game heater. And not only are they on a five-game heater, but, like, they're showing a lot of signs just being like, oh, we're starting to peak at the right time. I'm really, really liking what I'm seeing from the squad right now. They are loosey-goosey. And yeah. that's the best way to go into this because Agreed. they have nothing to lose. They nothing in their second seasons. They, they set a new high. Right. Mm-hmm. And if they lose, okay, yeah. guess what? They weren't expected to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Except I did call that. Um, I did not. You did not. <laughs> you were wrong. I was correct. Negative Nancy yes. versus Jeff Lasso. That's right. So oh and one they're in and you, they, that's, that's dangerous. Because yeah, I agree. You know, going up against any other team, mm-hmm. really, they, they need to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's so much pressure. If you think about, like, just look at the Pacific Division. Look at, like, Vegas Golden Knights who have already been to the Stanley Cup Finals. They were ne- never able to, uh, you know, actually win the Cup so far. Edmonton, obviously, you have the best player in the entire NHL. Like, he's expected to win a Cup there at some point. We're just going in being like, no one even thought we'd be here, so we're just going to play some fucking hockey. Loose. And that's a that's a dangerous position totally. for everyone else to be in. I'm freaking pumped, man. Well, we'll go back to, to – because uh, I'm excited to talk to Piper Shaw. Let's start by recapping uh, last week, um, a week from today, we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, at Vancouver, in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little nervous about this, but you, I think – you did not. You did call this. Did not blink whatsoever. Yeah, so in Vancouver – um, against the team we've had like some early struggles with, like just can't figure them out. We were better than them, but they kept beating us, whatever. The Kraken go down 0-2 uh, in the game. And the whole time, I was like, I'm unfazed. Like the Kraken are going to figure this out and they're going to win. I was like, don't call the comeback. They end up winning 5-2, five unanswered goals. Dad energy, Jordan Eberle. We'll talk about him a little bit more here. This guy has been on fucking fire. Uh, again, dad energy is going crazy. He had a goal and assist. Gord, uh, Turbo, Schwartzy and Beers for Beneers, our boy, all had goals as well. Uh, as well as well. Hey, wow, Jesus, what the hell was that? Been Welcome living, to the in, South, New, baby. living in New Orleans for too long. That's right. He had goals as well. Um, Martin Jones, 14 saves. This was a, a crazy stat. Uh, Vancouver only had 16 shots on net for the entire goal. Nine of those came in the final 40 minutes. That is a season low for the Vancouver Canucks. Like, so basically, a little bit of a sloppy first period. 
kind of trying to figure things out and then really buckled down. And lately, I've also been noticing that in the second period, the Kraken are not fucking around. They're really handling teams. Um, and we ended up splitting the season series 2-2 uh, two to two against Vancouver. And my last note here is just fuk the Canucks. So you nailed it there was that feeling of knowing that the Kraken would be okay was because yeah. they only had so many, like, you know, a few shots on goal in the first period. So really it was mm-hmm. Martin Jones that he needed to like, just get comfortable, get settled. Yeah. And he did. Mm-hmm. And the Kraken just kept putting shots on net and, th- and they made things happen. The four Eb- check was serious. The defense was serious. I'm going to say Ebb's goal in that game was, might be one of my favorite Ebb's goals of the season, if not the entire Kraken history. Okay. Just, just a favorite from him. Cause he, he, he power move comes in. Yeah. From the left circle, comes across the goal line and just shelves it top, like uh, the far corner. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and it was just a sweet goal. And seeing yeah. him so pumped up about that was fantastic. He had the first, he was the one where we came up with the sweet backy, right? Wasn't, yeah. that, wasn't that an Eberly goal? Yeah. That was a fucking badass. Yeah. Dude, um, I don't know if you saw the game last night. Did you see the Spronger almost goal that he no. had where I, I legitimately like stood up off the couch? I was like, oh my fucking God. Like he. What did he do? Uh, he went, he went full on Spronger where he just like jets past like three players. And then like, he's like, there's no room in front, in front of like the crease and he's trying to score. And at full speed, he does a, a spinning 360 in like the reverse direction and then puts a backy on the net. And it was like an inch away from going. And I was like, that would have been the best goal I've ever seen. That's awesome. It was nuts. Like I almost lost my shit. I was like, Oh my God. Uh, anyways, all right. That, I did. Yet. I did miss it. Yes. Um, but anyway, and Ebs too, uh, I don't know if you, you're going to mention this later on, I didn't talk to you, but uh, he was named uh, one of the players of the week. Yep, I have it. Yeah, uh, in the NHL, he was the second star of the week. It's only the second time he's done that in his career. And there's more notes on him as we go through these other games. But like, dude, he's been fucking hot, which is great because in the Piper Shaw interview, we yeah. talk about Eberly yes. and, and, it's, and it's all good things. So positive vibes, everything is coming together at all, you know. The more we pay attention to the team and we see players, what they're doing on the ice, the more it makes sense. She gives some super good insight in this interview coming up here in a little bit into how important Ebbs is, not just on the ice, but in the locker room, which is awesome. Including, so, including what he listens to, his playlist. Oh, yeah. and his playlist. I did not expect that. But he also, too. Okay, so yeah, the playlist yeah. is a big chat uh, with Piper. The playlist in the locker room, which I didn't, I did not expect this scenario, but it is what it is, and it's gotten the team to where they are. Yeah. So we go from that win in Vancouver to Climate Pledge Arena, the chance for the boys to clinch yes. a playoff spot, the first ever in the in the history of the game, do it at home against the Coyotes. Yes. And they did what they came to do. Again, oh yeah, so this game was really chippy. I don't know what it is. I think Arizona plays, well, one, they're not a good team. So in order to get... I think, you know, try to scrap together some wins. I, their style of play is like, honestly, it's trash hockey because they just try to get under your skin. They're trying to get you to fight them. They're doing some dirty shit. Anyways, chippy game, doesn't matter. Cracking up winning 4-2. Father Canner also on a heater. Uh, and Eberly each had a goal and two assists apiece. Beers for Beneers gets a goal again and an assist. Ruby stood on his head, 27 saves. Uh, the Kraken ended up scoring, and I thought this was interesting. The Kraken ended up scoring in the final minute of the first period and then within the first minute of the second period. So he really set the tone of the game when you go up 2-0 um, and, and really like these critical moments. The big thing that everyone was talking about, because this is the game, because this is, so you and I were interviewing Piper, and she was telling us, I think it was off, off camera or whatever, about like how her schedule is when she works game days and how like kind of hectic it is. And we were like, Oh, well we appreciate you taking your time. And she's like, well, don't worry about tonight because tonight is it is the ESPN broadcast. 
So the ESPN broadcast had Leah Hextall, which I don't want to say we, it's been me who has been very openly like anti Leah Hextall. And it's not because, you know, I'm like hopping on some bandwagon. I'm like, oh, you guys don't like her? Now I don't like her either. It's also, because, are you, you're not a misogynistic asshole. Well, I was going to, it's only because she is a woman. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh god don't even joke about that that's not cool no 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 so so my my gripes with her i are legitimate gripes has nothing to do with her sex or anything like that and it's it's strictly because i think she's bad at her fucking job like the, the cracking game that she called it was i think like late last year where she was calling a goal when no goal had clearly been scored and i'm like what is she talking about the mispronunciation of names players all the time really bothers me and i was thinking about this last night well i'm like well joey you do that all the time, too. You mispronounce. I'm like, but guess what? I'm a fucking idiot who owns that I'm an idiot. I've been watching hockey for a year and a half. And also, we're doing a podcast for free for people. I'm not a highly paid professional by ESPN who's doing you know national and international broadcast for hockey. So I think it's inexcusable because it's a lack of homework. Like, calling Yanni Gord. That's true. Yanni. And like calling Susie Sosi, I'm like, what are we, I don't even know what we're talking about here. Like a lot of things get really weird, but here's where I think a lot of people that maybe were on the line or, you know, unfortunately for people like me who already didn't like her might've already been like, yeah, this is why we don't like her. So a goal is scored in the game. It's I the won- fourth goal. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a fourth goal it's, for it's the last Kraken. goal of the game. Mm-hmm. I believe that was the beers for Beneers goal. Was that yeah. the one where he went empty net from like all the way across the ice? It's yep. beautiful. Yep. And she says the John Forslund tagline, hey, hey, what do you say? Which I'm like, great. If you want to use that, use that. And I was like waiting for her to give credit to Forslund because like you're calling the game in his home barn and you're using his tagline. She doesn't say anything. And a lot of fans, including myself, noticed that. I was like, well, that's weird because you definitely just used the Forslund line. At some point, you're going to give him credit. And so I just thought that was a, a whatever, like, oh, maybe she may, whatever, um and and fans were talking about it the next night going to the next game saturday uh versus chicago cracking up winning seven three this gets brought up on the actual broadcast by edzo which i thought jeff was a big freaking deal so in all of your years watching hockey have you ever seen like broadcasters call each other out publicly because this was i think it's a big deal no this is this is where Okay, so a couple of things about Leah Hextall. Is I, I agree is that uh, she is not a great broadcaster. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with her being female, right? She, she has a lot of issues, right? She, like, the getting the names wrong, that's inexcusable. I think in this situation, and, and, and I, I'm wondering this, is like she, she continues to do her job. She's doing her job. She's getting a lot of heat. Oh, God. Right? A lot imagine. of heat, right? Yeah. Um, my wife was a reporter and as a female being on television and she was a reporter like in a in a smaller market right in, yeah. in in arkansas and the amount of shit that guys say to women and think that they can say to women because they're women is ridiculous agree as somebody who's just trying to do her job as a journalistic pro and report on just you know it, murders yeah. or simple things like, hey here's some facts for you People, and they're like shut up woman dude dudes well yeah. they and they, they're like they're, they 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 you know they get they send out nasty emails. They comment yeah. on what. And so, like, women in broadcasting have got uh, the deck stacked against them because Agree. some toxic dudes are out there. A million percent. And this is now, I want to say this is this is a podcast. We are pro everyone belongs in hockey, which is which is super big. So, I'm setting some things up here is that I, I think that, and again, I'm not a fan of Leah Hextall's 
broadcasting, right? There's a lot of women in hockey that mm-hmm. I think deserve a shot to be the ESPN broadcaster, a right? Million per, uh, 100 million percent. The, the national, the national uh, play-by-play person. I think I think there should be somebody else. Okay, You're like Linda Cohn, who, by Lynn, the way, does phenomenal. the sideline stuff. I phenomenal. love Linda Cohn. She's so good. Yeah, she's amazing. So Leah, Leah is, I credit her for getting up there, but at the same time, I also, you know, look, we, we, it's not great. It's not great, right? I'm just got to call the spade a spade. It's not great. Now, here's the thing is, I don't think she maliciously intended to no, 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 yeah. steal it. I don't think that and either. Not credit him. No. And I think what she did was she did do it as a tribute to John. Yes. But she also, too, is not the greatest broadcaster, so she didn't. Maybe she got too excited. I don't know. She didn't in the moment because uh, she's not as well-versed as somebody who's like John Forsland, who's been in broadcasting for 50 years, yeah. right? Legend. Like, and, and Edzo, right? That is a legend, that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think she remembered or something to credit John and say, that's yes. from John Forsland, who's the fantastic play-by-play announcer on Root Sports for, for the Kraken. Like, if she would have done that, all great. So yes. I think she meant well. Uh, no, I don't, she, I don't think she was being she's malicious. She's trying to steal it. No, I don't think she's like, let me steal this tagline. I don't think she was doing that at all. Here's the deal, and I've seen, I've, I've watched a lot of this. I wanted to talk about this because I said, I love Edzo. I love Eddie Olchik. I think he's awesome for the Kraken. I Agree. think the chemistry between the Root Sports guys, John Forslund, JT, is great. Like, it's crazy. It's insane, and I love it. It's funny. It's awesome. It's, a, it's another reason why watching a Kraken game is amazing entertainment because of their dynamic, right? Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder this, and this is not a knock against Ed. Right, Eddie, Eddie O is. I wonder. This is for him to call out mm-hmm. Leah on a national broadcast, which he did in a very respectful way. By the way, he did, he did, and that's what he does. He's a color guy. He's, he's, he's well, yeah. He's, he's, he's also he he's also an ex hockey player, dude. He's not going to hold back on something if he feels like something's off. He's going to say it out loud. So obviously, I think that's something that they've talked about and yes. internally, and maybe John and I'm just guessing i'm not putting words in anybody's mouth that maybe john was like well you know i don't know and he's a, they're all class guys he's a class guy but my question i've seen some criticism is like would eddie o have done that and called them out uh her out if she it was a man that did that see i don't like that because i i think he 100 percent would I think that thought didn't even cross my mind but i see i see why you would ask that but for me it's I think that for him, it's a matter of principle and it doesn't matter man or woman. And I think that he is so close with Forslin that when he saw that, that again, I don't think it's malicious. I, I do, by the way, think that this is a thing that needs to be handled between Forslin. Like Hextall, just like give him a call really quick and talk for five mm, minutes. Like, hey, I, you know, I had a flub. Here's the, here's my, uh, my issue with it is if I am new to hockey, which I am, and I am watching the game, and even I, when when she makes the call, am thrown off by it because I'm like, well, that seems, that was a little weird. Like, if I'm noticing that, I think that it it's it's on her as a professional broadcaster to recognize that in the moment. Like, I don't care how excited you get, whatever, like, you're doing your job. Like, if I'm picking up on this and I'm feeling weird about it and I'm, like, making a note about it, there's no way in hell... Like you should be more cognizant is what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. I like the way Edzo called it out. And he was, 
he was respectful with it. He was just like, hey, if you're going to use someone's tagline, not a big deal. Just give them a shout out. But then it was kind of funny because he he was like, right, John, right, JT. And they're both like, mm hmm. Like, because <laughs> you could tell it like they, I don't, like you said, I agree with what you're saying about how um, this was definitely talked about, you know, off air before. I'd be very shocked if Forslund was like, oh my God, I can't believe he's bringing it up. Like, I think that Edzo would have given him the heads up, like, hey, I'm going to do this. Um, I don't know. It's just a thing where it's like, I, it's, I don't know. It just like validated me being like, I don't think she's a good broadcaster. Like you gotta be more professional than that. If I'm picking up on this and other people are, you should too. And also the last thing I will say, and this is me kind of playing devil's advocate. Um, when I have been open before about not appreciating her as a broadcaster, I do not like when people respond immediately with, Oh, that's because she's a woman um, or anything to attach to her sex. Because to me, that is the laziest fucking way you can engage me in conversation because you're basically labeling me something to which I am not, but you're doing it. You're basically putting me and other people that you say this to in a corner and being like, you're a sexist, you're a misogynist. And it just makes me or the person, whoever look like such a bad person. And now we're like in a hole that we have to dig ourselves out of. So it's important to note that like, man or woman it's it's because of how the job is being handled which is why i don't like this person and i think it's a cop-out to just like label somebody something because it's such an easy way to like win a quote-unquote argument instead of having like an actual conversation around it so. no and i appreciate that and i think that's i, I what i would like to do and we, we should do this and this is we have to talk about this because this is a huge if you go into like onto reddit or to anywhere which is also very mostly misogynistic well yeah those people are yeah, yeah they are <laughs> um but if you go there, it's a huge discussion point right now amongst yeah. fans so what i would like to do is maybe make this a conversation we have on social media and i only want to really know what kraken fans women female kraken fans right yeah think of this situation and what their take is on it. Um, you know, and, and Leah Hextall is definitely a polarizing subject in hockey yeah. uh, because of that. And um, this is something too, where, like I said, I think it is unfair. Women in a lot of ways face a misogynistic world uh, and unfairly have to deal with BS. Um, I agree that this is one of those situations where I don't think that necessarily matters. But then again, I'm a dude and I don't really know how you feel. So yeah. uh, this is this is something I think I honestly what I would like to do, like like to see happen. I think Leah Hextall should fully embrace it and go and turn heel. I actually would support that. I think she should turn yeah. heel <laughs> and I think she should just own it and just own the thing and just do do it and and. You know, here's the deal is what I'm wondering is, and I have no idea how playoff broadcasts are going to work. Yeah. What if Leah Hextall is was with Forsland is broadcasting yeah. and doing something for a Kraken playoff game, Ugh. which would be interesting. You know what I mean? So vibes are totally off. I'm sorry. Look, sorry he, I'm not sorry. But here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal too, is I, I, I don't, I hope the flack that she gets and, and uh, I hope Piper Shaw doesn't hate us for rolling her interview after we have this huge discussion. But what I, really what I no, hope... No, we're doing it in a, in a proper way. We're not being yeah. mean about it. What I hope for Leah is that she doesn't quit. She, no, she's not going to quit. She's I mean, not. She, she's a professional. It's but, just ways in which you can improve your work. You know, I'm not like, you know, let's exile her from hockey. I want to just see her improve at her job because I when I watch games where she's calling, which is inevitable that's going to happen, I want to enjoy that. 
Yeah, I, I really want to see her continue to like just keep working on her game. And in five years, she's just, you know, one of the best male or female or, or yeah. you know, whomever, right? Yeah. Uh, whatever gender, she's just one of the best. So, you know, Agreed. I wish her well. And I, I, I don't know what the next, cha- I don't think this chapter, this, this book is over with this whole cracking. No, deal. in I think fact, I, I thought it was a thing that just fans and like people like myself were noticing until Edzo called it out on the broadcast. And I was like, oh shit, I've already gotten to the point where I'm making jokes about it. Like last night, the, so we're recording this, it's Tuesday afternoon. Last night, um, you know, the Kraken played at Arizona and I, <laughs> I joked about it on our Twitter at Kraken pod where uh, Canner scores his 40th goal of the season. And I tweeted out, I said, uh, Forslund's call on that goal was so good. Leah Hextall was taking notes. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. I, I thought it was like, a, you know, it was a stupid joke, but it was like, you know, this is funny. It's topical. It is what it is. I think that Forslund, he's a pro's pro. They can have a five-minute conversation. You can move on from it. All right. You want to go into Saturday of Chicago really quick? Yeah. Or Saturday say, versus Chicago? I want to say this is if we want to know what you think. This is for the Kraken lady, the, the Kraken ladies, the females. Let us know what you think about this whole situation. I want to hear your input. So, yes, let's move on. Yeah. We talked about this at length. Saturday versus Chicago. Again, I thought, you know what? Saturday afternoon game. Maybe trap they're going to lay it up. It's be trap game. Easter weekend. Maybe they're just eating ham and, you know, being lazy in the locker room. That's not the case. No, Kraken ended up winning 7-3-73. 7 2 again. Father Canner again. And Spronger, each with a goal and assists. So, so for Jordan Eberly, that is his fourth goal in five games. This is when he was given the second star of the week in the NHL, which has been done only two times in his entire career. Uh, it also gave him 20 goals on the season. He is the fifth Kraken player with 20 goals on the season. Golvenin, Gord, Larson, and Geeky also all had goals. Uh, and at this point... After this game, the Kraken are just three points behind L.A. for, dude, fuck a wild card for the third place in the Pacific Division. L.A. having two games left, Seattle having three. Uh, and, a, and a last fun fact here. Uh, in this game, the, the PK killed off two out of three of Chicago's power play opportunities. Since February 4th, Valentine's Day, uh, the Kraken have killed 61 of 69 opportunities. This was a note that, again, um, friend of the pod, Nick Olchek brought up like late January about how the PK is really starting to turn things around and um, it's being, it's noticeable and they've really started to figure some things out. Also for this month, I think the, uh, the power play is at like 29%. So anyways, nice things are improving. Special teams are improving crack and handle business seven, three. And then, you know, Monday going into uh, at Arizona in their college barn, which that was throwing me off all night. I did not. I fell asleep so early last night after a long weekend, and I actually ran uh, nice. yesterday morning for the first time. And I since I messed my knee up last September. I was going to say you got to get August. that. You got to get that knee healed up. So um, anyway, so I was like, I passed out, and I really want to go to this arena because I was watching I too. the crack, and we're tweeting out like the the walk from the locker room to the ice takes like five minutes, yeah, which was fantastic. It's an amazing barn. So th- does it on TV? I haven't really watched too many games there. I've watched a few minutes of some games there mm-hmm. uh, in Arizona. Do, do, did you see on television that it was super small and intimate? You, you felt, tell. You felt that the entire time. In fact, so much so that it was throwing me off. And I was like, I feel like the energy and the vibes for this game are in Arizona's favor and I started to understand why there's such a good home team because that ice and that barn, like there's just nothing like it in the NHL. And it was kind of crazy to watch. Even the broadcast team 
Forslin, Eddie, Eddie O, and JT were commenting on how they are at the broadcast booth and immediately like to their left was like a hamburger stand. Like it was so ridiculous. <laughs> like everything was so small. They're basically sitting like right on the ice. And as you're watching the game, I'm just like, this is weird. But guess what? The Kraken end up winning this game as well. Fifth win in a row. They win 4-1. They go down 1-0. Um, and it's it's getting a little dicey. But again, the second period, they've really turned things on. And Arizona's the opposite where they have not been a good second period team all season. Uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand, on his birthday, the Bjorki bullet, he scores. And guess what? That's his 20th on the season. That makes him the sixth Kraken player with 20 goals in the season. Uh, Justin Schultz scores on a shorty breakaway. He had like Adam Larson moves on it. It was beautiful. And then our boy, Matty, beers for Beneers, or as Leah calls him, Matt, beers for Beneers, <laughs> scores um, on a beautiful feed from Father Canner. And then Father Canner, he ends up doing it. He gets his 40, 40th goal on the season, an unbelievable goal. And it's just so fucking awesome to see him doing the things that he is doing. And then I, the last note here is pro Joey podcast, dude. So Joey Decord, he played at Arizona state university. He is a sun devil. He obviously got recalled there, which we haven't really mentioned, but Martin Jones got hurt in the game against Chicago. They had to, uh, Gruby came in by the way, got a shout out, uh, the German gentleman because he played his ass off. He's been playing his ass off. Um, but we had to recall Joey Decord, uh, from the Coachella Valley firebirds. So he goes to the college where he played. I honestly thought he was going to get the start. He did not hack starts groovy, but the last minute of the game, our boy Joey uh, gets put in there while the cracker on a power play. And so at the end of it, he's the one getting all the goalie hugs and the forehead kisses. And I thought, honestly, this was a move that made me really be like, you know what, Haxel, I really appreciate that. Like just putting into cord like at the, he didn't actually play in that barn, but he played for Arizona state, but putting him in, in the last minute, just to be like, Hey man, go out there and close this one out. I thought was a really fucking cool move by hack. It, it, the give a shit meter is super high. It's very high. The vibes are fantastic. Oh, they're so high. The team feels so good right now. Yeah. We're moving into, this is recording this on Tuesday mm-hmm. and uh, they play the, the golden Knights in Las Vegas tonight. Right. And then yes. Thursday at climate pledge to close out the season last game of the season, which is fantastic. Um, I think this is all gravy. I definitely want to see the Kraken kick the shit out of the golden Knights. Yes. Which, you know, we're already seeing the Kraken rest guys like we've talked about, and I'm sure the golden Knights are resting people too. So are you getting the full on deal? No, but at the same time, I just want to see us at least get a win. Yeah. Uh, one of these games, which would be fantastic. I but, agree, man. What a season by the Seattle Kraken team. hundred points. We, we reached a hundred points by the way, which holy crap. I remember our, our, uh, preseason episode looking at the season preview i was like you really think that we're going to score was like 60 points last year and then turn around and put up 100 out of your fucking mind <laughs> no, i mean right you, and you didn't and which is fair because yeah. at the beginning i, I when i when i made the prediction that they make the playoffs i remember feeling in my gut it's like oh man that's this is imagine love, if you had that bet i love to be right imagine those season. odds yeah that is true which which by the way i want to say bold predictions for next season is I, we continue to build and we're better next season. But oh, also, yeah. too, I'm going to go back and say again, officially, Arizona, I, I, they bold prediction, they get Bedard somehow, conspiracy theory, 
and they make mm-hmm. playoffs next year. It's them in Chicago, right, who are tied for, like, worst record in no, the NHL? No, actually, the, the Coyotes are, like, sixth or seventh worst team, which is why if oh, they got shit. that first pick, it would be a total conspiracy. Oh, it's like the Blue yeah. Jackets Chicago, I think, and I could be wrong, have the worst, you know, have the best odds. because like The, the NHL is going to give it to Chicago. NHL rig. They want Chicago to have a original good team. Original six. Original, t- yeah. My thought is Chicago. Big market. Chicago, Arizona, or Detroit. Ooh. Now the Red Wings are like you're just saying that because this is a Detroit Red Wings podcast, which totally. we haven't reminded people of in a while. But well, they're not. You know, look, it's it's the Detroit Red Wings playoff, or you know, it's the Detroit Red Wings podcast, but they're not in the playoffs. Oh yeah. So I feel like the Kraken should get the top spot now. Yeah, yeah, in this, yeah. On this That's podcast, yeah. so let's do that. But what a season! Jared McCann was 70 points, unbelievable. 40 goals. 40 Vince, goals. Vince Dunn is in the top 10 in defensive scoring. Yes, he's got 80 points. How many points does this dude have? He's got like. Wait, he's got like a billion points. He leads the Kraken on assists, too. Yeah, he's huge. Anyway, so it's just awesome to see how also, well they're the doing. the way Spronger has come on, I really do legitimately believe that he's deserved a contract extension. He is more oh. than just a guy, you know, that we grabbed and can throw into a lineup. His energy um, and, like, enthusiasm, the way he plays a game, and like that's just how chippy he is and the toughness that he plays with. He is a guy that, like, we need to keep him moving forward. I think the Kraken are going to make that happen. Kale McCarr has 66 points, and Vince Dunn has 64. Well, Carr's also been injured. Yeah, he's missed yeah. 20, <laughs> he's missed 20 uh, less games than uh, Vince, Vince than Dundertaker. Yeah. But, but what, hey, you know what? If you're looking at, looking at points, Dundertaker over McCarr. So check this out. Is We were so excited and so thankful to Piper Shaw, who is one of the best in all of sports when it comes to doing that reporting in between periods. And she's so dedicated to her crack craft and she, to her dedicated crack. to her crack. We are really setting this up <laughs> poorly for one of the best, but Piper Shaw is fan. She took time out and she says she wasn't that busy that day, which was last Thursday before they, before they clinched in Arizona. Um, but she took time out of her day to talk with us about everything Seattle Kraken and playoffs. And I'm telling you what's awesome is everything she said, super relevant, even to this day, which is awesome. So yes, let's turn it over and thank her so much. Uh, here she is from roots, Sports. Piper Shaw has joined us here on the Kraken Pod, and it's the thick of the playoff hunt. Full context, we're recording this on uh, Thursday, April 6th. Uh, the Kraken could clinch tonight with a win. When you hear this, um, hopefully the Kraken playoff scenario is already pretty much set up. At least we're locked in. But let's give it up. Piper Shaw, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Let me ask you first is like, I know I've heard Pip, Pipes. What is your nickname? What do people call no. you? I mean, people call me all of those things. Pip, Pipes, Pipper, I don't know, all kinds of all kinds of things. Any of them are acceptable. When okay. I was like a kid growing up, like I feel like more people and like my friends called me like Pip, but I feel like now that I'm an adult, people feel like that's like maybe a little too kid-ish. So most people lean pipes, I feel like, in this day and age, but I'm I'm good with whatever. You know, some some hockey nicknames are just interesting. So I mean like Pip Pipes. You know, Pip, Pip will totally work. Pip will totally I think you're past the Pip phase. I'm just saying that. I think Pipes is yeah. way more fitting. Yeah. Yeah. The guys in the locker room call me Pipes sometimes. So I guess that's what they've dubbed me. So awesome. So, man, we're so glad you're here because we are awesome to have, you know, your expertise. You're, you've been with this team now for, you know, two years and, you know, two seasons and you're seeing I mean, an epic season like we are seeing. So many questions. Um, first things first is this this Kraken team, from the stats to what we're seeing at home, uh, 
they are a team's team, right? They're, they're scoring from all angles, from, you know, every line is pitching in. Is that what the attitude is in the locker room, behind the scenes, you guys in the broadcast team? I, I mean, is, are we seeing what's reality at home? Yes, I think you are. Um, I definitely think that, especially our broadcast team, we try to share everything that we can and like actually share it like it is and what we're seeing, um, not just like parroting things. I feel like, um, you know, hockey's not the most transparent, but I do feel like what you see is what is happening with this team. Um, and in the same way that we are seeing it, um, I do to your point of them being like a team's team. It's one of those things where when you get the entire team to show up for the game, that's when they win these games in these dominant ways, but they need everybody. So it's Mm -hmm. awesome because I think it bonds them together so much, but then at the same time, it's hard because nobody can have an off day or an off game almost ever um, with this particular team, but it also creates a lot of opportunities for them. And we've seen them like that depth, you know, it's the whole, you know, the depth is the strength is like the whole narrative because it's also true. It's not just a narrative. It's also the fact, but also um, it can be, it presents different challenges and different advantages, but so far I think, you know, it's helped them. It's just that they need everybody to be on every night. So the vibes and, and spot on the vibes though, it seems like the vibes are, I don't know if I was on the team, which I almost made it. I almost made it. Um, I'm, try- I'm, I'm working on trying out. So I heard that. I heard out. That. I'm going my hair out. I've been working out a lot. I'm, I'm going for it. Are they feeling, how are they feeling on the eve of the playoffs? Are they like, we, we've got nothing to lose. You know, this is uh, a playoff appearance in our second season. Are they intense? Are they, are they loose? What, what's the, what is the vibe like with the five check, five check time, five checks. I think they are somewhere between loose and intense. I think that they've been really, really focused. And you have a lot of guys in this locker room who came from teams where winning was the expectation and the standard. Um, And then you also have a lot of guys who've never been on a team one for very long, like to be able to like really build some chemistry and, you know, guys like Will Borgen, like, it's like, this is like his first full season in the NHL. And there's a lot of guys that have never been to the playoffs, you know? So I think that it's kind of this combination of some of those guys who haven't been there really hungry to be there. And they just, they're such an even keel group. Sometimes I think that's not maybe necessarily what they're naturally gravitating towards, but it's the choice that's been made in the locker room to focus on every game one day at a time, shift by shift. Like, and that's, and and kind of going back to how the depth is the strength. That's like kind of what they have to do because of that. It has to be a one shift at a time, one game at a time, one practice at a time, one kill at a time. That's the thing like we always, because their penalty kill has been so great since January. Yes. Um, that's one thing that they always say, though. It's like, you just got to take it like one block shot at a time, like every time. But but that mentality, I think, is carrying through. I wouldn't say that, like, I think hockey in general is a little bit different from like the locker room vibe of like a football team or a baseball team, you know, it's or a basketball team. Like it's it's a different kind of a vibe. So it's like it's pretty quiet in there. But I think it's more of a focus, not an intense like like chip on the shoulder. It's like a chill focused, Hey, we're here to do a job and we're going to show up. We're going to do it. We're going to go home. And when we get there, we'll celebrate and look back. I think that's the vibe. Is there some, sorry, can I, I have to ask a quick question on that. Does that depend on who has the aux cord? So you do a lot of reporting (laughs) on who has the music before the games, the game in Nashville. I think it was the matinee game. 
Vince Dunn took over, and he was playing some serious jams. You were reporting on that. The boys went out there and crushed it. So is there, like, any superstition around, like, who gets the cord before, like, the games in the locker room? Like, who has control of the Bluetooth, and who has that responsibility, like, going into the playoffs, and what's that vibe looking like? That's a good question. Um, I will tell you about, like, 90% of the time, Jordan Eberle is the locker room DJ, and I know that because it's the same songs in the same order every single day, <laughs> and I know exactly what they are. Like, what, are they? Like, oh. what are they? Like, I know. Yeah. Oh, it's just, like, so much Nickelback, like, Shine Down, Three Doors Down, <laughs> like, like this, like, 2004 rock that's not rock. <laughs> vibe yes you know kind of like the like i don't i don't know it's dad energy rock he's yeah, he's embraced it's, the dad it's not, the daddom. yes yeah yes. and there's a lot of like canadian bands there's there's the occasional like good charlotte which is that's not a canadian band but like those a little there's a little some 41 in there there's a little bit of rise against in there mm-hmm. like a little bit um but that's his vibe but that's why i know i know when it's somebody else yes. like i because i know when it's not jordan's playlist so then i'm like okay who is it but now i figured out that it seems like it's mostly just vince and jordan at least on the road who dj i think jordan dj's at home almost every single day because i am there and he's pretty much the first guy who gets there at home so i would assume that means that he gets first dibs because he's early versus on the road they all show up like at roughly the same time on the buses right so like it's more um so i'm not exactly sure how vince has um uh, what the basis is for selecting when he gets to take that over but i know that the guys or i've noticed maybe it's just because of like a change in change in scenery or change in you know the music they like it but i i'll see them like walking around lip syncing you know like moving a little bit differently to it so I'm pro the Vince Dunn DJ narrative personally. And they've won every time that I've noticed that he's done it. So, okay. It's going to leave that out there as a, as a dad. And also to that 2000 rocker, I'm going to guess maybe some Canadian rock, like theory of a dead man. Does that, Makes yeah, sense. that's definitely what's happening. That's That's definitely what's happening. Our lady peace. That's that's the vibe, one hundred percent. But it's uh, like the is... same songs in the same yeah. order yep. every well, day. So I feel like Vince comes in, he just like shuffles it. But it's a lot of like, um, it's a lot of Drake, but also a lot of like modern hip hop. And there will be some like Chris Brown in there. So some kind of like dancey stuff, some kind of like two thousand sixteen pop hip hop vibes. Okay. So. He seems I, like the shuffle guy. I can see Eberly being like, I curated this playlist and we're starting. And it's the same day. one. Yes. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I have one playlist and we're pressing start now. Consistency is key. That's fantastic. And, and then I, they always play like the big booty mixes. You guys know what those are? Do you know yes, are? of course. Those, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, they always, that's like the <laughs> thing that is playing right before they like actually take the ice for warm ups. That's what's okay. playing. Always right. that. So there you uh, go. We, we need a live stream. If you can just pop that open on your phone, do some live Twitter stream. We need to hear this. Um, I was also too, since you, you know, we're talking about Vince Dunn is number one, I, we're kind of jumping around in these. The, 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 this is a playoff preview though. we're talking about music and nicknames here, but first of all, props to you getting in with Ely Tolvin in and asking him about the Golvin and nickname. <laughs> that was clutch best question uh, of any press conference so far. Um, so good for you. And then also too, can you ask Vince Dunn if he, thinks Dundertaker is a good nickname. 
We need it on record. We need it on record. Can you think I, about it? Maybe I, after the playoffs. I'll, th- I'll, I'll think about it. Uh, it depends on the context of what is happening in the media scrum and his mood that day. Just so with, if, it, if an opportunity feels like it makes sense, I will go for Like with Ellie, you know, it's like back in, the, you know, like he gets the win when he's got two goals back on the team that waved him, that drafted him in the first round. Like that made sense. You know what yes, I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm, I, I will try for it if it makes sense just keep it in the back you know but you gotta keep it professional yeah no yeah he'll get like a gordy how hat trick then it's like now we ask and the crack and win yes yeah or maybe like we they don't have we don't really have any more practice days (laughs) but like or like practice is more like in the mornings like that's normally like a more chill time to ask more so, fun stuff. <laughs> I, I think that's that's fair. Also, too, we don't want to mess with them too much because we're, you know, playoff vibes. And, you know, on that note, the guys in the room with rings, are those the guys that are, are, are you, are they talking to the team? Do you, are they having like a Stanley Cup winner cracking breakfast? Like who's, who is the leader, the thought leader going into the playoffs or hearing anything about that? Are, are they, are the guys looking to those guys like Yanni Gord to step up and, and, and tell them what's up about the playoffs? Um, so I wouldn't say that there's necessarily been a distinct shift, like within the last two weeks of who's, you know, saying these things now that they're kind of solidifying their spot or hopefully clinching it any day now, hopefully yeah. today. Uh, but I will say, I definitely think, that Jordan Eberly is kind of the de facto leader of this group in the locker room. Like he has a lot of pull with everybody in there and he hasn't won a cup. And he's very vocal that that is the only thing that he, like, he's kind of like, I don't really want to retire until I get there unless I, for some reason have to. So I think that because he hasn't won one and he's been such a prominent prolific player, um, people really want to play for him and win for him. I think for that reason, or, you know, even if that's unsaid, I think that's definitely, I mean, Jordan's very open about that conversation, but I think, I mean, Yanni as an example, or like Jaden Schwartz, like, like they know exactly what it takes to get that cup. And Yanni just said um, when we were in Vancouver the other day, that he thinks that there, that the mentality in this room is what it needs to be, which is that kind of just like buckle down. It's not that they, it's not that they can't be celebrating and having fun because you do, but it's also like, like okay cool we beat the arizona coyotes and the canucks great now what like now let's let's go like this is like we can't be i don't want to say that that's not i mean two points is two points but i think in their minds they're like we need to be like playing games like that against dallas you know like that against minnesota which literally those are the teams that they're going to have to play well against you know in the playoffs are are potentially one of those you know colorado dallas or minnesota so anyway Mm -hmm. Um, to, I don't know if that really answered your question, but I do think yeah. that Yanni's always a leader and he is like, he does push them, but I almost think that it's like the guys who haven't been there are even hungrier for it. You know, that's, that's so awesome to hear that the hunger is driving this team and Ebbs who he's put his time in this league and he's been, you know, everywhere he goes, he's just been, you know, a, a key player on that team. Right. So Let's win it for Ebbs and the fact that he's obviously a locker room leader. That's pretty awesome. Um, another Stanley Cup winner. Can you please give us the official dirt? We're on the record right now. Since you know the answer to this, I'm sure. When is Stanley <laughs> Cup winner Andre Burakovsky coming back to the Seattle Kraken? Piper Shaw, what is your official word on this? 
my official word is exactly what you have heard, which is that I don't have any, I don't have any more information than they, than the team releases. That is the same information that I get. Sometimes it is tweeted out before I am informed. So just take that for what it is worth. Make up a date so we get ahead of the news. They did say like last week that he had taken a step back in his recovery in case you missed that. Um, But he was on the ice at morning skates uh, with the team on Monday in a red, no contact Jersey, but he was, participating which is a good sign so considering that he took a step back in air quotes but he's on the ice with the team feels like a positive sign so i don't know i mean the playoffs potential you know two weeks they're starting i i hope optimistically that he is ready for that but i legitimately don't have any kind of information on that is he hanging out like it Is he hanging out with the team? Is he there? Is he still, you know, chilling? Is he part of what's going on with the team off the ice? Um, well, it's hard to say because we've had such a weird kind of schedule the last two weeks. Like we were on the road. He obviously wasn't with us on right. the road. Right. Um, but he, I mean, he's been like around. I haven't really seen him like in the locker room a ton, but we've had a couple like national games and I've been at baseball and stuff. So I haven't been there like as much this last week. Um, but I would imagine he's there right now at morning skate. <laughs> Good. Okay. We should so, check Twitter. Live yeah, check Twitter. <laughs> we should, I, we should, maybe we'll break this late. Um, but I like, cool if we broke this during this. I like what you said about, um, Everly. I think that's great about like him, you know, when they're home, he's the first one there. He's, he's rocking nickel back, but also he's being very vocal about like what he wants to do. We need to like Jeff, we need to get like a hashtag going, like do it for ebbs, like for the playoffs. Um, my question is, is this, is there a specific uh, Seattle Kraken player that you think has demonstrated like a lot of leadership kind of behind the scenes or maybe is contributing to the team in a way that you feel like that person for whatever reason is being underrated at this time, like undervalued for whatever reason? I don't know that I think really anyone is being undervalued in terms of like their on ice production, but I do think that, Oliver Bjorkstrand is a huge gift to this team, uh, both on like on the ice and in the locker room. And he actually had to step away from our game in Vancouver for the birth of his child. Um, So that's, I mean, that could have, his wife, Jill could have given birth yesterday or today, or maybe tomorrow. So I don't have a word on that anymore, but maybe that new dad energy. I feel like that's a really good vibe, especially for him, but he's, he is, like a class act like in the locker room he is exactly exactly how you think he is is exactly how he is if that makes sense like how he comes across which might not maybe seem like the most like exciting but he's so genuine so nice such a hard worker and like Haxel always calls out how like it's not just that he's a good goal scorer because we've seen him score goals in all kinds of different ways but also like how tough he is even though he doesn't seem like he's this big macho tough guy he's just tough gritty works hard like i just and he's also a really good guy in the room and i think a good leader for some of the younger guys um yeah i would say maybe maybe underrated but i mean he's got more goals than jordan quietly very quietly (laughs) yeah and there was a game recently and i it might have been against arizona i don't remember but um he got into like a little bit of scrum of a scrum on the ice and he looked like visibly like pissed off. And I remember watching that game being like, oh shit, if someone got under Bjorkstrand skin, like it's going down because he does exude that. And I remember 
in the off season when um when he got brought over to the crack and he, i think he posted like on his instagram story like a photo of like his dog with like the crack and like neckerchief around its neck and i was like oh this dude's awesome like he's already embraced the team like he's sharing stuff on so he just seems like a genuine dude and i've been rooting we, we've been rooting for him all season long and i do think uh, he is underrated and he's really stepped up like since bjorkstrands uh since uh berkey's been gone he's really stepped up as well so that's been awesome to see yeah and i i think like he's been pretty open about feeling feeling like he hasn't been as productive on the ice as he wants to be just because historically he's been the star on the blue jackets for his entire career like he's basically <laughs> been the guy right so i think it kind of came to this team and was you know, expecting maybe to play that same role or produce in the same way. And he, I mean, he still has been phenomenal for this team. So, you know, I don't think anybody has any complaints about that, but I think he feels a little bit like he, he always says, I feel like I have another level. I have another level that I can get to. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he unlocks that. In the that energy. Season. I'm predicting yeah. it yeah. now. Yes. Yeah, maybe that's what that's just the push that he I know it's, it's a real thing. Susie, by the way, um, announces twins. Well, dude, he yeah, had three exciting. points the other night. A game of the game of the year for him, game of the season. And then he has twins. I mean, like, so pff, it's all about that dad energy, man. Maybe, what, maybe what. he found out. I don't know when he found out, but maybe he found out and he was like psyched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect yep. timing. It was definitely a uh, when my wife and I found out about having twins. It was a big moment. Although it was funny as we flip flop because the first moment we found out, I was like, yes, yes, and she was like, what are we gonna do? So I, maybe that was like, maybe that was Zeus. Um, so here's okay. So a couple other questions here is this one thing is like, I'm so excited about this team getting the playoffs because I feel like they are so, you know, and obviously we're homers. We, we watch all the games. We're really into this team, but they're so underrated in the national media. Nobody thinks about them, talks about them yet. The stats show that they're obviously one of the most talented teams, the scoring, they're like leading the way in spreading out the scoring across uh, the team, you know, in the NHL. And I just feel like, especially too. We're going in in a wild card spot, you know, so we're not going to have home ice advantage, but like we have a killer away record. So national media wise, you're traveling around the country. Are the Kraken getting respect from other broadcast teams? Are they underrated? Um, like we believe they are. What's your take on that? Um, yes, I think that they are not getting the attention that perhaps they deserve. It feels like they occasionally just get like a random graphic for some new piece of history that they have done. And it's always like a huge note, like a huge, like the road trip, like the seven game, like that's never been done in NBA history or NHL history ever. Like, and they shut out the Boston Bruins also on that trip. Like the whole thing is just like, <laughs> yes. So to answer your question, yes, I do feel like they're, underrated but i also think that like in general the conversation has so much this season been about the dominant east and the powerhouse that is the east that i don't know if really anyone in the west has maybe gotten the kind of attention that they deserve other than like the oilers for kind of turning it around because they had kind of a not great start and of course it's the Connor mcdavid show so yeah. you know and i also then you know the kings with the jonathan quick trade like that kind of gave them like a boost but i don't know that I, I kind of just feel like people have been so obsessed with what's happening with the devils and the Islanders and the Rangers and, you know, the whole, the whole East, the whole East coast that nobody cares about what's happening over here. So to your point, I do think, yes, but I don't, I don't feel like it's just us. And I will Good. say when we're traveling and we go to other places, um, some markets will have media from the local market come into our locker room and talk to our players and stuff. But 
Um, I would say one of the biggest ones was probably in St. Louis. When we were in St. Louis, there was so many people who wanted to talk to Vince Dunn about having, you know, just a just a breakout season. And obviously he won a cup there and stuff. So um, he got a lot of love when we were there. But a lot of times when we're on the road, it's questions to hack about Maddie Veneers. And early in the season, it was questions to hack about Shane Wright. But now it's always it's always just like I've heard him, I heard him, I've heard him answer the question about Maddie Veneers like in fifteen thousand different ways now. And I'm just like, oh, I always I always know it's coming. I'm like, oh, this guy just wants to ask him about Maddie. But, That's but anyways, I yes, I do think that they are underrated, and I do to your point think that like getting on a playoff stage and people being able to actually see what makes them a good team is going to be awesome. But I also hope that there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure that comes with that as well. So I hope that they are able to live up to that and play the games that we have all seen them play these dominant full team efforts and not some of the more lackluster performances. You know, I hope that they can show people who they are. I just, I I've been watching my, you know, hockey my whole life. And I just, I don't see what others are saying is, Oh yeah. You know, the Kraken are going to be like a sacrificial lamb in the first round of the playoffs. This is not going to happen. This team, they can play, like you said earlier, you know, shift by shift, block shot by block shot, they can keep up with most, right? And I don't know. I just, I, I just feel like they're going to go further than people think they are in the playoffs. But a big key to that and more vibes, goaltending, right? Cracking goaltending. We're, 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 I feel like we're obviously experimenting down to the wire. What is your take on Seattle cracking goaltending vibes? You know, who's who's... Do you have any insight into who's going to be starting the playoffs? Where's Hack at? Where are you at? Um, no, I don't have any insight into who's starting into the playoffs, but I would think probably Grubauer just, mm-hmm. I mean, that would be what I would just assume given that he, I mean, Jones has been there as well. Obviously he has certainly been there, but I just think that Gruby's recently recent performances have just generally been stronger than Martin's recently, but Gruby's been going through it. He's uh, like health wise, like off the ice, like he kept trying to play and then like, he just had some stuff going on. So I think he's ready to go now. He's locked in. I think he is good, but I think that kind of threw a little bit of a wrench in these last like two weeks, obviously um, having to kind of play the shuffle, but also more importantly, like, obviously you need good goaltending in the playoffs. You need that. You need that. But at the same time, it does go back to the vibes and the mentality thing as well, because no matter what happens that like, this is, this is what separates a good regular season team from a playoff team is your ability to battle through whatever crap is going on around you is, is, is your ability to, even if your goaltender is not playing the best, finding the way to negate that even if your defense isn't playing well or you're struggling like whatever it is like that kind of thing matters more in the playoffs so they need good goaltending I would assume that they I would assume that they go with Grubauer but I also don't think that he plays every single game sure I wouldn't uh, depending obviously how many games they end up playing but I wouldn't think that he plays every single game I also wonder if they do end up playing the Avs I don't know if that would impact their choice one way or the other just because you know the abs obviously are very familiar on mm-hmm. scoring on groovy in practice but he's played really well against them so this season so i don't know i, w- I, I would go with Groovy, but i don't I'd have any that. kind of formal insight into that yeah uh, I, i'm just not worried about anybody i'm just too i'm too uh Ted Lasso about this team. Um, I will say for Jeff Lasso, Jeff Lasso, Lasso. uh, grew does not get when 
he doesn't get enough credit for what the season he's put together because last year was, you know, obviously, you know, expansion and all the things. And then this year, I feel like when people aren't complaining about Gru, that's a good sign because like he's for the past several months, just been solid. He's just been solid. So I feel great if Gru's starting for the playoffs. Um, you know, you talk a lot about this being a team's team. You've explained some awesome stuff, Piper. Maddie Beneers, uh, and not the staple answer that Hack gives. Um, you know, he started off super hot. And I feel like, and obviously he also got hurt, which Tyler Myers is something else. And I give credit to the Kraken for not going after him uh, the other night, which is fantastic because they wanted to win I, that game and they did it. I wanted to win plus to go after him, but that's just sure. But <laughs> with Maddie, I've noticed is that he uh, seems to have concentrated on rounding out his game, right? So he came in hot, um, trying to be that offensive star, and it worked. He's got the talent to do that. But my question to you is this is he's he's changed his game a little bit. Is that because he's working on those things and trying to round out his game? Or is it because the NHL – talent grind has caught up to him and he's had to change his game. What's your take on that? I think it might be a combination of both a little bit. I think one, he is getting integrated with the identity of the team a little bit more. And I don't, I'm not saying that that means that he can't be a breakout star, but I think that like this team's identity is like the whole point is that we don't have a star. And obviously that does not mean that, that anybody is trying to not score goals. That is not what that means. I think it's just kind of more of like the workhorse mentality versus you're coming from college where you're like the big shot on campus, whatever, whatever. And that's not just Maddie. This is kind of like in general, the transition of like a, you know, a hot shot first round pick, whatever we we've seen that with a ton of, um, players, teams, whatever. I do think that there's been a big focus and something that Hack talks about a lot is growing the defensive side of Maddie's game. And you have seen Maddie with some incredible defensive plays in the last half of the year. I think of um, the San Jose game that was the dad's trip game that was not great. I can't remember if we got shut out or if that was like a one. We got shut out. Okay, that's that's what it was. Yeah, Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Maddie started the game with like the most incredible defensive play ever Vancouver the other night an incredible defense like that's definitely been like something that he is actively working on and focusing on and we're seeing that side of his game grow also at the beginning of the season they weren't really having him take like defensive zone face-offs hardly at all and in practice a lot he will just like they'll all be doing drills they'll have Maddie face-offs 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 so he's been being trusted with more and more there also he didn't used to kill penalties They've had him on the PK, not as much. They've kind of had him and Jared McCann getting integrated over the season onto the PK. Obviously, Jared has, uh, I mean, just got that shorthanded goal. He's really, really found his groove on the PK. Um, but Maddie's still, I think he's, that's, a, that's a point of his game that they're working on growing without like throwing him into the flames um, with that. So I think, I think it is the grind getting adjusted to the season and just, um, the constant physicality, the constant games, the training that you need to do, oh. you know, like it's a, di- it's just a whole different ball game. I, I'm sure that he'll be spending the summer in the weight room, like bulking up, you know, the, the whole thing. And I, and I think he did last summer. It's yeah. just, you just got to keep going. It doesn't end. So um, I don't know if that answered your question, but I think you're spot on. And I think it's both. I just think it's, it's just a, a, a grind and a growing grind. <laughs> it's it just showcases how talented he is as a hockey player because 
you know, it seems like they've asked him to work on these other things or he's, he wants to work on these other things. And no matter whether he's trying to set up plays and, you know, uh, fire off shots from the top of the right circle, or if he's running back to make an awesome defensive player play, he can do it. And I just, I think that in the next, my prediction is this, like two years or under, he's just one of the superstars of this league because of all he's doing. But I mean, again, I love this team because they're a team's team, which is fantastic. Um, so we're, we're, I know we're going to clinch. I know this is going to happen. We're going to the playoffs. I mean, it's just about there. Um, I think tonight I just saw from Kraken PR, they said that if we get a point, at least a point against uh, the Coyotes, and we have, um, shoot, who's playing the Hurricanes tonight? It is Nashville. Nashville. Nashville has to lose. We need Nashville to lose. We could still get in. But they can said, win if we win and we still clinch. Right. But we, if, can, yeah. we control our we destiny. So let's. I, I would imagine the guys are – are just fired up and ready to go. And like, I don't know. I have to imagine today in the locker room, they're like, let's go get it and get this over with. Is that, is that what you think? I think so. I hope so, but I yeah. am not in the locker room. Yeah. Right <laughs> okay. Okay. At this exact <laughs> moment in time, I would be in the locker room. That's true. And in fact, Allison Lucan is in the locker room. Cause she just texted me. <laughs> oh, awesome. Nice. Well, she's so, awesome. Um, I, I would hope so, but I don't know. Cause I'm not okay. So, so, wait, so there was a, f- a photo that the the sound of hockey that they shared, and it was you watching the game from a laptop in the tunnel. Is that how you usually operate during the games because you're so busy doing your job? Are you going to make any exceptions tonight? Because CPA tonight is going to be rocking for this game. Like everyone knows that if the Kraken win, they're in. You know, this is going to be history for the Seattle Kraken. And do you typically, is that how you usually watch the games when you're there? Okay, so tonight is an ESPN Plus broadcast. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. right. So I will be there because for home games, I do a pregame interview that runs in the arena, and then I do the postgame bench interview. Um, when it's en route, then we use the postgame bench interview like for the arena and TV like at the same time. Um, but I tape like a second pregame interview. So if you watch on TV, you see the bench interview. We tape one like in, when they first show up that go, plays in the arena. So anyways, I still have to do that on national game night. So I'm still there, but I don't have to be as locked in on all the other stuff during the game. Um, but yes, when it is our broadcast home or away, I literally sit outside of the locker room, wherever that is by my little backdrop. And I watch the game off of a monitor and I have my laptop there and I'm taking notes on my laptop and tracking stats on my laptop the whole time. Part of that is because I'm not wireless. I'm corded so I cannot move around if I want to hear and talk at the same time. (laughs) So I can I could fully unplug if I want. But then if my produce and like go watch on the glass. But then if my producer needs something from me, not only will I not be able to hear him, (laughs) but I will not be able to respond. And I wouldn't be able to hear John, Eddie and JT upstairs like calling the game. Yeah. Um, and I really like to hear it because I like to one, obviously their analysis is very helpful. And if you're running around the arena, you want to know what is happening. Like I need to know exactly what is happening. Um, and personally, I don't want to miss a minute. I don't want to miss a word. I don't want to miss a replay. So for me, I very much prefer to just stay there, watch the game and pay attention to the game. I see, you know, every different reporter and they do all kinds of different things. They'll be running around, but, but if you're wireless, then you kind of have more flexibility to do that, but I am not. So, um, and either and either way, I like to be sitting there taking notes on my laptop. I have a I have a tab in my notes thing for every single game. 
like pregame notes, all my, you know, potential questions. I'll have like 15 questions that like, just in case they come up or just in case we talk to him or just in case we talk to him, or if this happens to happen, like all the, so I just like to just have it all at my fingertips. You're a pro. Please stay with the Kraken for a while. Pro's um, pro. Never leave. <laughs> right. Never leave it's us. not the most glamorous. I know you see that. You're like, what? But it's like, that's literally <laughs> my life. I sit outside these freezing cold locker rooms, sitting next to hockey bags, watching on a 10-inch monitor, tracking stats. Like, that's Just literally how I spend hours of my life every day. <laughs> but yeah. that keeps your Minnesota blood happy, though. So, you know, it's, it's like... Yeah, I'm fine. No complaints. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so, the teams that we could face in the playoffs... Who do you think we would match up against the best or who do you want to see? I mean, obviously all, all teams present, present their challenges and they're going to be tough. It's, it's going to be hard for these Seattle Kraken, but they could do it. Who would you like to see the Kraken play in the playoffs in the first round? Just strictly on vibes. I just feel like they would play the best against the Avs, especially yeah, in their building. Yep. Their building is Honestly, one of it's probably the loudest building that I have been in, at least from where I sit and what I hear. I think that building, I actually think it's louder than CPA. That might not be like technically scientifically true, but I cannot hear anything <laughs> when I am in there. Like, it's actually like really hard for me to like do my job because I have these like noise canceling things. And sometimes I like still can't hear what I am saying or my wow. producer talking to me because it's That's so cool. loud in there. Um, Like, and sometimes that bench interview, I'm like, just watching the players mouths to see when they're done talking. Cause I can't hear anything. Like I don't even know what they're saying to me because it's so loud in Colorado. Anyways, my point is though, but they, I think they, they feed off of that. I mean, they've played so well in that building. I think they've won every game that they have played in that building and two of them in overtime. I believe they definitely won yeah. both of them this year. Yep. And yes, I they think did. they won when we were there. We were there twice last year. I can't remember both of them, but anyways, I think they play well in that building um it is at altitude so that's maybe not ideal because i've actually heard that that does genuinely impact um your ability to play there so from jt i asked him how much he actually thinks that matters and he said he does think it matters but nobody's ever going to tell you that because they don't want to seem like a wimp so no, that's I, jt I, told I, me that though I went to the University of Colorado and um, and I lived in Denver afterwards. I'm very familiar. Like it used to be the Pepsi arena. Now it's ball arena. And mm -hmm. it is a real thing because like um, I'm a huge like Colorado Buffalo football and basketball fan. And we would have chance during the game and chance would be like, you can't win at altitude. You can't win at altitude yeah. because other teams would get tired so quick. Right. And yeah. we're just like running up and down the floor because the air is thinner. And when you're conditioning in that atmosphere all the time, that's a real thing. But yeah, like you said, the Kraken, yeah. for whatever reason, play really they well. They play well there. And I always feel like they always look good there too. Like they're like systems always seem like they're firing in all cylinders against the Avs. So I don't know. So I, I think that's a good combination. Uh, but they, they did, they have played well against Minnesota, not that last game. So if they did end up playing the Wild, that'd be personally fun for me because that's the team I grew up watching and whatever. But the Wild is such a like, gritty physical grind you down team no, i don't want that yeah that's i don't know that that's a good combination like the kraken would just have to speed through that game like just not even let them t like touch the puck which they which they have done like they can do that like i believe in them but i just i don't like that and then the stars give me a i actually i wouldn't hate if the kraken were out of this whole thing i wouldn't hate to see the stars and jason robertson 
go to the final. I would not personally hate that, but I would hate for the Kraken to play them. <laughs> the, I don't want that. I don't want that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, same, same exact I'm hoping date. for the Avs. The storylines. Yes, go, no, yeah, go ahead. Stor- no, exactly. What you're going to say, the story of if they like upset the Avs in the first round too, oh, the reigning oh Stanley God. Cup, I would be, especially if Berkey's back and Groove there, like, I would be here for that as well. I would be insufferable. I would be beyond insufferable. <laughs> I'd be talking so much shit on the podcast. It would be ridiculous. I like, would be I a can. problem. I would be yeah. a problem. <laughs> so, you know. Well, no, the, Minnesota is scary with what they've got going on, the chemistry and just the vibes there, especially too. I think Kaprizov skating again. He could be back for the playoffs, which is not good um, for anybody in the Western Conference. That's a dark horse team right there. And yeah. the Stars, I do like that Stars matchup. There was a little bit of, um, I, I thought that last game that we played against them with uh, <laughs> Vince Dunn getting crushed by Jamie Benn. I, I, I like that a little bit too, but I love exactly like you said, the Avalanche matchup. I also think Stanley Cup, um, maybe that uh, hangover. Hey, it's, you know, maybe, and this is, I know not correct uh, from an NHL standard, but like, you know, at a certain point, maybe they're like, well, we won last year, retired. Let's just, you know. We're, we're, we're it's a t- it's a tie series let's you know who cares whatever like so a maybe, trap series like a trap series trap and series the, the abs have had i mean they haven't had their a great season i mean right. obviously they're yeah. they're fully in the playoffs but like it's been kind of a tumultuous season they've had so like the chemistry questionable you know because they haven't all been there and this guy gone now this guy's in now this guy's gone you know and they haven't had mckinnon missed a bunch of games obviously landis gog mccarr missed like so but also at the same time, they know what that feeling is. They know what it took to be there last year. And if I haven't checked if Landis Gog is back, but he was expected to be back for playoffs. So I don't know if he's been back within the last week or so. Um, I would have to, I would have to check. I don't know exactly what's going on with him, but I know that he was supposed, he's not supposed to be out for forever. So I don't know. That's a little scary, but I still feel, I still feel the best about that. Well, I'm going to say if that series happens, cracking in seven, that's, that's, that's a lock right there. So, um, uh, you know, to this is serious. We got to get serious for a second here. Um, another hard hitting question that I need, I need your honest input here is what is your current status with Bowie? Uh, I see, I see you tweet so much and there's a lot of just, I seem like you're hanging out a lot with Bowie, which is awesome. Are we, are we going to get like a Piper pipes and buoy reality show coming soon i need more pipes and buoy content like what's going on with buoy where are you at with buoy yeah fill me in give us the insight what is buoy really like i love buoy we're (laughs) best friends which i'm very happy to report that because historically a lot of like team reporters and the mascots are enemies i don't know if you've seen mash there's like there's a lot of like i know like brooke olzendam who's the trailblazers like reporter she has like she's actually like afraid of mascots because she's been legitimately trolled by them (laughs) in aggressive ways a lot so um i actually she oh they just got a new mascot that's what it was and she was like she was like here's to hoping that we will be friends that thing is (laughs) so so anyways I love Bowie. Um, Bowie loves me. Every before every game, he comes and gives me a kiss on my head. Usually, it's like when I'm just about to go on TV, so it messes <laughs> up my hair. But it's okay. That's the price I have to pay. I'm fine with that. Versus like getting actually messed with, like Doppler, who's the Storms mascot. Like yes. he has like messed with me before on TV. So I know that's like part of the thing. But I'm glad that me and Bowie are tight. Um, yeah, I saw Bowie at the Mariners game the other day when I was working, and he like literally like 
almost toppled me over to the ground it was great and then mariner moose just waved so you know a different dynamic happening different dynamic different dynamic happening me and boo are best friends mariner's moose is very just kind of like rides a cart and does like a pageant wave at people very friendly versus booey like ran down the hall i'm gonna give you my love whether you're ready for it or not or there's cameras on us even better so but jeff and i talked about this though and and what he does to me is pretty typical for how he just is as well. So that's I don't know fair. That he saves the trolling for the other teams and for, yes. for, yeah. for social media, not for cracking people. So I, I like that brand uh, awareness of Bowie. We have, we have a concern who gave Bowie a motorized scooter. Like, was this you who had a part? Jeff and I are concerned about mascots on motorized vehicles. just like whipping around the arena. We need to I know think, more. Information I about think this. that's a valid concern. I don't know who <laughs> wouldn't be concerned about Bowie on the scooter. The second I saw it on Monday, I was like, no. And also it's like actually like a branded razor scooter, which makes it even funnier. Like it's not, it is a motorized razor scooter. And I don't think it spins like, you know, the Razor scooters of the days that could, like, take out people's ankles. Like, it doesn't – I don't think it does. That. It didn't look like it did. But still, still, the fact that it's, like, even the same brand, kind of menacing. And he moves quickly, quickly. Yes. Like, his handler is always, like, running behind him, like, blades for hands, like, trying to keep up with Bowie. But Bowie had, like, like – sometimes Bowie has roller skates. Sometimes he has, like, the hoverboard thing. He always has something. But the scooter is fast, very fast. He's just – Literally boo booing, 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 booing. He's booing down the hallways, back past these locker rooms. I'm like, hopefully there are no players walking because you will be taken out by the troll. Can you imagine a lower body injury news coming out because Bowie took out someone's legs before a freaking playoff game? Like, oh, no. (laughs) Very gritty of him. (laughs) Very gritty. Yeah, very gritty-esque. You know, if JT wasn't on, you know, if we didn't hear him during broadcast, I would say, you know, he's – obviously super athletic um and that could be buoy but that's obviously not the case so if i, I, I mean, would never he would never he doesn't have a personality <laughs> for it does Booey not have a up in like a very it. custom suit i'm like something's going on here yeah but what if what, but that's the thing is like jt's personality is very like you know straightforward offers great analysis insight that sort of good stuff but like maybe that's like the alter ego I don't know physically he how is he off. is a discreet. He's an undercover troll. He'll drop things in I the would, broadcast, and I'll catch it. I'm like, he's fucking trolling us JT right now. He is sassy. He <laughs> yes. is so sassy. Yeah. Sometimes on the bus, him and Fitz are just going back and forth, and I, I just give, I just make a little eye contact with Forceland, and we're just like, we just shake our heads, <laughs> and we're just like, all right, good night. It's like two in the morning. We're on a bus. Just like, <laughs> shut up. Just stop. <laughs> roast battle oh, with each other like go to sleep he is so competitive so competitive which is i mean he was a professional athlete makes sense so that, yeah yeah like i get that but i'm sometimes it's just like you don't need to fight about the peach o's like <laughs> we don't need to fight about candy we don't need to argue like it's like everything they're just fighting each other all the time it's like all in good fun but sometimes it's just like oh my god shut no, up i don't know peach o's are pretty <laughs> is it is it sounds like um gummy candies oh, top, top are your candy is, is, is that is that the candy choice of the broadcast team on the bus oh, i don't know there's always something there's always candy starbursts are a big deal yeah jt eats literally like a like a solo cup of starbursts during every game and then and he actually usually goes and fills it up more that's not at fair. least once like i don't know what i don't understand is how he has the time to eat them while he's talking because you obviously cannot eat 
them like on mic because you would hear them and there's like a button so that you know people don't necessarily hear you but i'm like when Edzo's there, it's hard for him to get a word in, so maybe he's got time to eat. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's just like making neighing noises and JT's crushing like pink starburst in the background. That's fantastic. Yeah. And what's funny is like a couple games ago, um, uh, was the Columbus game when Allison was between the benches. When JT is between the benches at home, he'll bring me like orange starbursts. And I don't even really like candy that much. Like I've eaten more orange starbursts in the last like two and a half months than in my entire life combined. I kid you not, because he keeps bringing me them. And so when she was between the benches, he gave Allison a handful of orange starbursts. And he said, if you're going to be between the benches, it's your job to make sure that you bring Piper these at intermission. So she's like, a handful. <laughs> so she's like here you go. Like JT told me to bring these, <laughs> which yeah. is actually really funny and, and sweet. So it's cool. Very sweet. Yeah. Unlike part of the job responsibilities and duties. Yeah. Yeah, really He's like, know. between the benches, you're on starburst yeah. delivery. Hey, don't duty, forget so. your orange starburst. You, you good to go? Yeah. <laughs> How how tight are y'all? I mean, it sounds like yeah, obviously you brought in the the old chick team and in and you got Allison and and you know JT and Everett and John Forslund's game just does not ever stop. He just keeps getting better. Um, you all seem pretty tight. It seems like you guys are a really good crew. Is that I mean, obviously that's what's going on. I, I, do you I, or I'm looking for some dirt here. Is like is like is there a feud between you and Forzy or what? <laughs> no, there's no feuds. Uh, you know, traveling together all season two years you know through all of the storms and all of the things like it i think it it bonds it bonds a group so yes i would say we're we're very close but sometimes too you're just like oh my god like with fitz and and jt on the bus sometimes me i'm just like shut up shut up <laughs> like, <laughs> like with love with love though yes, yeah yeah it's also, it's like i yeah i mean i would not say that we're siblings but you know, it is, it is funny. Or like I get on the bus after like a long day yesterday, this home and away back to back in Vancouver. The first thing I hear when I get on the bus, tell Jake that he needs to attack the clan for clash of clans. Cause Jake and <laughs> JT are in clash of clans together. My husband, Jake. Yeah. And I'm just like, stop needing things from me, please. Like I'm good. Like <laughs> I'd like to go home and not see you guys. for. Well, a do you have days. an off switch at some point? Like, yeah, like it never, that? it's yeah. never off. Yeah. You're always like, it, you're if when we're on the road, it's always fair game to be trolled by each other. So, <laughs> well, that's awesome. You guys really are in a good groove before we go. And I know it's game day and thank you for spending time with us on a game day. I know it's not easy. Um, do you have any bold predictions for the playoffs? Are you willing to go out on the limb and say anything? Do you, do you feel like the Kraken can pull off an upset in the first round? Um, you want to put anything out there? Or are you going to play it safe? I think if they play the abs, I really do think that they have a great chance. So I don't know that that's a bold take. Forceland always says the hardest part is getting to the playoffs. Once you're there, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So I am here for that narrative getting to the second round. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I do feel like they can hang with anybody, but then it's also hard because you just don't sometimes know when it's the whole team effort thing and they haven't been there. It's uncharted territory, but I am an optimist and I feel good about, I feel good about getting through the first round. Uh, I think so. I think if you're looking at storylines across the league, um, you know, it is confirmed the Leafs and the lightning will play in the first round again. Um, I, I think, the, I think, the, I think the Leafs actually get this one, but at this point it's so needed and expected. It won't be a big deal. I think the Kraken could be the story of the playoffs. And I just feel like there is big time story 
karma energy going on with this team. And I, I feel strongly that's going to happen. So uh, I would love to see it. I would love it. Also, too, especially that- after everyone criticizing the trade deadline and all of that, it would be it would be really sweet to see them make a nice run. Mm-hmm. No, I, I was super pumped and I'm always excited. I always want big, crazy things to happen because I just love drama in, in, in the NHL and, and it's around my team, right? Um, but when it when the dust settled, you're like, trust in Ron. You know, he knows what's up. He's the got Ron the, father. He's got the future planned out. So I think when people look at Carolina, they need to like when you look at what he's doing at the Kraken right now, look at Carolina now and understand that that is that's the house that Ron built. Literally. <laughs> that's I love that. Well, Piper, um, thank you so much. I know I know you're producing and, and putting out music still. Like, what's the best way we can support you personally? Um, besides watching you on Root Sports and, and obviously following you across social media, um, is there anything we can do to, to support you? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just, yeah, follow me on social media. I don't really do anything crazy. If you like, like, pop music, pop punk music, check out my music. I... Just a creative outlet, and during the season, I don't have as much time for it. But I think people are sometimes maybe surprised by the music that I have put out. So, well, it's, I, good. it's always it, fun to connect with people that way. You're talented in many ways. Best way to find your music? Uh, you can find it on any music streaming platform: Spotify, iTunes, YouTube Music, Deezer, Title. It's on everything. It's not on SoundCloud, but it's on every legit, like very legit platform. So if you just search my name, you'll find it. That's awesome. Well, all right, let's go bring that energy to the game tonight. I know uh, this 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 will air um, next week, but I feel like we've covered everything with the playoffs and the Seattle Kraken. You're doing an amazing job. So glad to have you as part of this team. And uh, good luck in the playoffs, Piper. Thank you, Piper. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. One of the best, just one of the best, Piper Shaw. She took that time out to talk to us. She's awesome. She really is, and she's so nice, and she eats. Nicest person ever. Breathes hockey. Knows way more than we do combined. Way more. Oh, then times 10. Yeah, times, you know. It's like the 10th power. I mean, she's she's just, she's, you know, born Minnesota, like straight, like literally they just throw babies on the ice there. Yeah, I I didn't even know that. Shoot out an ice luge. Yeah. You know, where I'm from, an ice luge is for, like, Jager bombs, right? You know, Jager yes. bombs, right? Yeah. Detroit, oh, yeah. Dirty Detroit. Yeah. You know, it's just I all Jager it. bombs. And stuff. I get it. But they use ice luges there, so the baby, yeah. you know, shoots out and down an ice luge and right into, Right like, into their backyard, yeah. which they also have hockey rinks, which I was like, that's insane. She was like, no, dude. Like, that's what everyone in Minnesota has. And some neighbors will even be like, hey, you want to tear down this fence? We can have a bigger rink for our kids to play on? Yeah. That is nuts. Yeah. Anyways. Um, uh, so we're getting, we're actually getting, I put a tweet out before at the beginning of, of the podcast when we were talking about the Leah Hextall thing. Yeah. And I said, Hey, women only cracking women, cracking fan women only. So now you're, you're being sexist. Yes, I am actually. I'm going to reply and be like, just because I have a penis. No. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, if you identify as a woman, that's cool. That's all right. If you have a penis, I do. I identify just for that Twitter thread. Okay, good. All right, so there you go. So you can do that. I'm not hopping in there. Uh, so I'm reading a whole bunch of different ones. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Ann McCracken says, I didn't catch it in the moment, but I think it's rude if not addressed by her. Maybe an honest mistake, but then give credit or just be badass enough to make your own phrase. She butchered it if she was trying to copy, though, LOL. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Miller, given the history of why John says it, 
I think she should have avoided using it. I thought Edzo's response was classic Edzo. He has a thought and shares the thought. Yeah, that's basically essentially what we said, too. And also, honest mistake. Honest mistake. Megan says, I understand she probably didn't mean harm, and I think she was trying to relate to the Kraken fans, but I feel like she owes him an apology. I think Eddie was spot on in his response. Um, and uh, Maderos, our friend here in New Orleans, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think she did it with bad intent. Same. Um, but she should have mentioned it was a John Forslund thing. I felt Eddie's response was fine. Yeah. And he knows better than how uh, he knows better than us how John feels about it. In general, people need to chill out about Leah. She gets more hate than is necessary. I also agree that with That is yeah. true. That actually that tweet basically surmised like how I feel about the entire situation because as much as I do not appreciate her broadcasting skills at this moment in time, it is one of those things where like you know, I make like I make like the joke about like, oh, Forslund's call was so good. Leah Hextall was taking notes. That's like the nastiest thing that I think I've like really said about Leah. Like all my jokes are bad. Like they're not fucking good, but I'm certainly not doing it to like, you know, like actually hurt someone's feelings. But if you go online, which, you know, it's the Internet. So what do you expect? But when you go on and you like look at some of the things people are saying about her, it's like, hey, man. I'm not a big fan of her either, but you might want to chill the fuck out when it comes to some of the things you're saying. And that's and true. that's and that's where and that's where, like what you were alluding to with like you know your wife and just women in general. I think it's it's highly unfortunate. Like some of the shit people say, um, you know, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty insane. Is, so we, is, we could all we could also you know chill out a little bit. I'm going to go opposite direction. I want to be more supportive of her because here's the thing: she's not fucking going anywhere, dude. Like she's calling hockey games for ESPN. If anything, we want her to get better because guess what? We're watching her broadcast, whether you like it or not. So here's a, here's an idea. How about you just encourage her to keep working on her craft? So when you watch her games, you're like, oh, you know what? I can see the improvements and this is cool. You know, uh, and you made a great point is like, you got to step back and go, really the only people that this affects in any way is Leah Hextall. And John yeah. Forsland. And yeah, which which is why it should be handled between in real them life too, stuff over like, a three minute phone call. We're doing a podcast about a team that barely knows who the heck we are. Yeah. Although I know Vince Dunn listens to this podcast. Yeah. He, I'm Vince sure he Dunn loves does. It. Yeah. And and now Golvenin. Golvenin definitely Golvenin listens does. to the Piper pod. does. Piper definitely does. Piper. Pipes. Uh, so yeah, and anyway, but if you're getting if you're getting that angry over Leah Hextall, you do gotta check yourself because Yeah, like just shut the TV off. Yeah, pump the brakes. Shut it off. Also, here's the thing. Like, would you make would you say some of those comments to her face? Like, would I make the joke about John Forsen to her face? Absolutely. I love shit talking. I think the joke is kind of harmless. Now, a lot of things that people are saying uh, that are really inappropriate or just like really mean or like coming at her personally, let's, uh, you know, we're all, at the end of the day, man, we're all freaking human beings and, and shit happens. She can call Forslund. They might have already talked and like settled it. They're all professionals. So it's all good. I do have to talk to you about a serious situation with this podcast. Well, what do we do? Okay. So I think for the playoffs, Playoffs? I had to. I'm sorry. No, no. Everybody, it's just a thing. <laughs> Jim, I wish Jim Moore would get like royalties from that. I think he. Well, if he doesn't, then he's being. He needs. A, he, needs a, he needs to, to yeah. trademark that. Yeah. We'll be his trademark lawyer. We'll get that done. Yeah. Is I I feel I did not. If you noticed over Easter, mm-hmm. right? Because Jesus does not want me uh, gambling. No, that's all right. It doesn't. He has risen no. away from no. DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm, <laughs> I. Do it responsibly, and I and I know me and JC are cool, so it's good. Um, is I did not do a good vibes parlay at all in the past. Really, I did one. I've not put it out. Yeah, I'm thinking about letting it rest. No, you need to let it rest. 
I think I need to let it rest. No, I don't want to have any playoff juju. No, no, no. And superstition, Joey is saying the team's hot right now. Yeah. And you're not forcing bets just because someone's like, hey, Jeff, where's the parlay? Yeah. And then you scramble and yeah. you panic. And then you basically just light $5 on fire. I had my I had my moment. My, I had my run. And I just have to enjoy that time. Yeah. I had a good run. You had a great in run. In like January. Dude, you were calling goal scorers that like hadn't done things in like two months. And you're like, this guy's going to do it tonight. And they would have like two. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like waking up in the middle of the night and just being like, Vince Dunn. And then it was like, bet him. And then that was it. Do you remember? I don't remember who the Kraken played against. But there was a game where you had like a crazy parlay you put together. And it was like. Kraken over five and a half goals, Kraken win, and then like two different skate <laughs> skaters who like hadn't scored in like a month would score. And they went off and they did it all in like the first period. Do you yeah, remember that? I do remember <laughs> that. Because that was like six goals. I was like, what the fuck is happening? That was crazy. Like everyone was tweeting at you because they're like, dude, your parlay that looked like a crazy person literally hit before the start of the second period. All right. So I'm not going to stop betting with DraftKings Sportsbook, but I think for the playoffs, I'm pledging me, Jeff Janusik, saying I'm not going to bet on the Kraken. I don't think I'm going to bet on the Kraken. No, you can't. Or at least not a tweet about it. Don't do it in playoffs. Do not do it in playoffs. Okay, I agree. I feel like that's bad juju. I agree. Yeah. I'll bet on other teams. Yeah, you should bet on other teams. I will bet on other teams. With the Kraken are not playing. Exactly. I'm weird, not. I'm weird when it comes to that, man. I, I cannot. Like, oh, I've I tried agree. to bet on my own team. And don't get me wrong. Like, me putting money down for Beniers to win Calder, that's just free money. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, anyways. Yeah. All right, so DraftKings Sportsbook, I'm telling you, it is so much fun. You need to download this app. There's tons of ways to bet on your favorite sports. We've got the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs. You can have a ton of fun in so many different ways, and you don't have to spend a ton of money, especially with DraftKings Sportsbook. They're giving new customers a risk-free bet to get started up to $1,000. You make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you get another shot to cash in. So you can throw down on all the major action, uh, baseball, like I said, basketball, hockey playoffs, golf, MMA, any sport, it's awesome. Same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over unders, prop bats. You can, you know, you can. I, I was having fun going through and uh, picking players' uh, uh, shots on goal, over under, which is pretty neat. Oh, that's a really specific prop bet. It's really cool. Yeah. Like Connor McDavid would be like over <laughs> under three and a half. I'm like, oh, that's he's playing. A, it's definitely an over, which is, and I hit a bunch of those, which is neat. So there's so many, it's, it's fun. It makes it really fun. I enjoy it. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. Deposit and withdraw your cash wherever you want, whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, nice. we are going to be playing the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. And Tonight and Thursday. Tonight being Tuesday night. Right. Back to back, by the way. So... This is a great no dumb question question. No dumb questions, by the way, is where we will answer anything that you ask when it comes to hockey. Don't ever be afraid to ask us. Other podcasts will shame you and make you feel stupid. Sometimes I will. And we do not. I will not. Jeff, I will not. (laughs) But Joey might. But I apologize for Joey. What's icing? Yes. How many DMs did you get? Uh, uh, A good amount. Okay, good. (laughs) Thank you, Kraken Pod fam, for doing that. That made me laugh. That was only something to make me laugh, and you did it. Well, I even made fun of myself because I tweeted out the game after Vancouver. I was like, I only have one question after watching this game tonight. 
What is icing? Oh, that's awesome. We need to make, that could be another t-shirt for the merch. What is icing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no dumb questions where you submit anything at all and don't feel bad about it. We'll do our best to answer it in a segment called No Dumb Questions. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. So Joey, what is this week's No Dumb Question? All right. So I came up with this one myself because it's very relevant because Vegas is in the playoffs. We're playing them tonight. We're playing them Thursday. The question is, what is cap circumvention? And it came up because Mark Stone, their captain, has returned uh, with perfect, excellent timing off their long-term IR, their long-term injured reserve, to rejoin the team right before playoffs after having surgery on his back in January. So basically, uh, a couple of things really quick here. Uh, the salary cap right now for the NHL is at $82.5 million. The minimum, which I didn't even think about what the minimum would be, uh, is 60.2. So that's what teams have to spend in order uh, to operate in the league. Cap circumvention is basically just overcoming salary cap issues or difficulties. Um, and there's a number of ways in which that the teams can do this. It doesn't uh, specifically just relate directly to the long-term injured reserve. For example, if there's a player on a two-way contract with the team, uh, let's say there's a player on a two-way contract with the Kraken, and that player gets sent down uh, to Coachella Valley, while that player is playing in Coachella Valley, uh, their salary cap does not take a hit on the team's overall salary cap. So those are just different ways uh, that teams can circumvent. The reason why this is a big deal, Jeff, is because you know, Mark Stone, the captain, he has a $14 uh, million cap hit and he gets put on an LTIR in January and he just so happens to be rejoining the team a week before playoffs. And you see a lot of chatter online because, you know, obviously Vegas Golden Knights fans are pumped. Like, hey, we're getting our captain back. Like we're getting healthy. Let's go. But the rest of the league, people that don't like them, I saw a lot of stuff. It was like, this is why I hate Las Vegas. Your team is always finding, you know, ways to do shady shit, blah, blah, blah. Because right now, their salary cap for their team is $96 million, which is around $14 million over the cap. But because he was on long-term IR, they were able to offset that so they can reactivate him for the playoffs at no penalty and operate with a, basically with a salary of $96 million. So how that works is, and by the way, this is all in layman's terms because as I was looking this up, this shit is so fucking complicated. Heads up. Yes. I would like to say this is this could be a no dumb question from me because I yeah. don't get this sort of stuff. Yeah. And I feel like this is a tax loophole. Oh, basically, which, yeah, this is there, what it is. If you can do it and take yeah. advantage of it, go for it. Like right now, like the Kraken, we're we're using TurboTax. We're like, you know what? We're going to teach ourselves how to do this. I've been doing it for the past two years. I think I can figure this out. And Las Vegas is like, we actually hired this like shady accountant that's kind of like better call Saul, but with numbers. And he's going to finagle our way so we can operate at almost $100 million while you suckers are operating at $82 million. So, again, layman's terms. If you want more information on this, honestly, go to capfriendly.com and you can look this up specifically because there's three different equations that teams can actually use to determine how much money gets offset over to the LTIR pool which is where money gets offset when a player gets sent over to long-term injured reserve. So if a player is hurt and they're going to be out for a while, now the minimum for the NHL is 10 games or 24 days in the NHL season, the team can then put the player on LTIR, which is what Vegas did with Mark Stone, and there's an LTIR pool. The money that gets transferred over to that pool 
is calculated on the day that the player gets put on the LTIR. Now, this is an important note because a lot of people think it replaces the salary on the salary cap. It does not. The cap hit is still there, but the LTIR relief is the relief that's calculated. So you basically just raise the ceiling of what a team is allowed to have salary cap wise. So you would just adjust the upper limit um, and Vegas was able to figure that out, which is why they can reactivate Mark Stone, which is why that doesn't count against uh, their salary cap moving forward, even though they are well over the $82.5 million threshold. If that is still confusing, I did my best to explain it. There's a lot more information behind this. I would suggest going to Cap Friendly if you really want to nerd out. There's all sorts of equations. Basically, like right now, just know that there are people that are hired in NHL front offices whose sole fucking responsibility is, I want you to crunch numbers and know this like the back of your freaking hand because if we need to use this and utilize it for like, you know, playoff scenarios, they're able to, to pull some things off basically. So like salary cap CPAs. Exactly. So, and that's, that's what, hey, look, if anybody knows how to uh, launder players and launder money, it's going to be Las Vegas, it's right? Very impressive. Yes. So they know because there's billions of dollars moving through that I'm sure is just, so like it's just typical, long story short, it's this typical uh, Golden Knights BS. And another reason that, uh, you know, I can hate on them and say, like, yeah. okay, cool, good, good for y'all. Right? It's there. It's a loophole. You can use it. Cool. But yeah. it just makes you so much more unlikable. Uh, no, I agree. And by the way, I forgot to mention this. This is specific to Las Vegas. This is exactly how they were able to add Jonathan Quick, Yvonne Barbashev, and Teddy Bluger at the trade deadline because they had offset the money um, with Stone going over to LTIR. So they raised the limit on their salary cap and they bring in these guys who are contributing to their team. And it's why a lot of people in the NHL are like, we know exactly what you're doing. Listen, I've seen Tampa Bay do this as well when they're making a run for the Stanley Cup playoff. Like Vegas is not the, uh, the you know the sole team that takes advantage of this particular scenario. But you know, there's a reason why everyone's talking about uh, cap circumvention. It's because Mark Stone is back, and everyone's like, here we fucking go again. I just think they're going to sputter out. I don't know. I do too. And no, I, I really do. And I'm so I'm so like high on the crack right now. I just feel like the Kraken are going to make this run, and. <sighs> You know, like Piper said, we're looking at Colorado. Mm-hmm. I think whoever comes out of this series, and I, I sincerely believe that the Kraken could, is watch out for those teams. Yeah. Right. So whether it's the Avs or it's us, watch out for those teams. I like it. Nobody's giving us credit, but I'm giving us credit. And I know Joey is too, so there you go. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. That was a really good note of question, question. And it comes up at the end of every NHL season as teams try to uh, get their way into the playoffs and be ready and, uh, you know, unveil those hidden players. So three stars of the week. This is where Joey and I share things that we loved about our week last week. And we rank them much like you might see, which we're, we're seeing so many different Kraken as the three stars at the end of the games. Uh, we rank them according to, you know, how we think they win. So anyway, this is our three stars of the week. Uh, Joey, I think you did. did I think I went first. You go. I'm going to say uh, this is pretty short. Party bus yeah. is um, the my buddies on uh, in Mandeville that, uh, you know, we're a bunch of dads and uh, our kids go to the same school and we hang out and stuff. Um, anyway, there was a party bus for sale mm-hmm. in town. Oh, what? One of them found it and saw the listing and actually went to go check it out uh-huh. and got the details on it. And now the group is considering buying a party bus together. What is there to consider? You buy this right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, does the party bus suck? It's a party bus. Which so possibly, can. the yeah. you know, they have engines. Yeah. And the engine could be a little 
wackadoodle, right? Because people are probably like pouring beers in it and stuff. It's a party bus, right? So like, you know, there's a lot of people jumping up and down doing party bus things. So I get it. Also, too, I just don't know as much as I would like to. If I Is there a stripper pole on it? I don't know. Okay. This was, this is, if I asked it right now in the group thread, they probably would get an answer. But uh, (laughs) also too, I'm excited for them to uh, have this opportunity here. I don't, I haven't spoken to my wife about it yet, but I don't think I could take between tuition and the house and the things that are going on. I don't know if I can go, hey Meg, um, what if we spent $2,000 and went in on a party bus? And I promise you, I will not turn into a party bus degenerate mm-hmm. all, every, all the time. What do you think about that? Right? And I already know the answer. Okay. I already know the answer. She'd be like, it's hell yes. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go party bus life. <laughs> anyway, I think that I, it's been fun to talk and dream about that. So anyway, that's my third star of the week. It's just a distraction from life. Talking I about hope you do. Party bus. This is like in college when I almost used my tuition money to buy that Winnebago. You should have. I know. I, mean, I know. I look, bought a, I bought a captain's hat and I didn't deserve to wear it. Look look where look where your <laughs> degree's gotten you. You're doing uh, a mediocre podcast with me. I know, and you know what I don't have right now? A Winnebago with like 1970s like Dale Earnhardt Senior covers and and uh, yep. like burnt orange shag carpeting. Yep, yep. All right, so there you go. That's my third star. <sighs> it's a regret. Uh, my third star of the week is OBJ Odell Beckham Jr. The LSU dude who went to the NFL was like very you know polarizing figure, had crazy highlights. He get he got a contract for freaking 50, uh, sixteen million dollars with the Baltimore Ravens. You know, he did that yesterday. Yeah, even oh. I, I think he's torn, torn his ACL it. like twice. And now his incentives are up to eighteen million. But I was just like, holy shit, man! Like the NFL is freaking crazy. I can't believe this dude got that much money, especially for a, a team like the Ravens that like pride themselves on like never paying or like having like decent ish receivers and who obviously are still dealing with like the Lamar uh, Jackson situation where like they're refusing to pay him. And then he wants to go to a different team. And anyways, I just thought it was interesting. So Odell Beckham jr. Is my third star of the week. That dude got freaking paid and you know, credit to uh, credit to his guy that figured that out because uh, Holy crap. And uh, I, I'll say this is, I think the the NFL offseason, that's why the NFL is so big, is just it's just so it's so good. It's so good. But the NHL, you know, I can't wait for the I can't wait for the awards. Now we have a team that we're invested you in. You just want to cash really the the call. Well, no, you also do, but also you got the draft. <laughs> the draft lottery is coming up soon, which by the way, when is the because I do love the NFL offseason and it is fun and this news is fun and you know, the Baltimore Ravens, how much drama is going on there with Lamar Jackson oh, and all so, that sort of stuff. Like so much stuff. Is Lamar Jackson gonna be throwing the football to OBJ? Yo, right? Like that, we yeah. don't know. We don't know. But yeah. uh, uh, let's see, NHL draft. There's uh, also teams like the lottery. Eagles got Rashad Penny from the Seahawks, and like, dude, him behind that offensive line. Like, uh, yeah, the NFL season's going. How to are the Hawks looking? Uh, good, man. I mean, you know, gave you know, we have a very, very, very friendly deal with Gino. We have some offensive linemen that are phenomenal who are on rookie deals. Um, we had some rookies who stepped up last year. Uh, yeah, man, we'll get back to Jamal Adams. We'll see for how long. But yeah, if we you know do good at the draft, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident. The NHL draft lottery is May eighth. There you go. And guess and it's awesome to not to watch it for fun and not have to see where the Kraken uh, end up because we are we're not f- in the lottery. We're two regular season games away from being in the playoffs. Like that doesn't even feel real. I just I can't believe it. Like this season, I'm I do at- mourn NHL being done. You know, I do I, more I'm that. I'm not mourning it. I'm fucking pumped, man. I'm ready for these playoffs to take place. I have I have a, it's my first time in my life I've had 
a, a team in the NHL playoffs. Like, I don't even know what, what, what to even feel about it. Like, I'm just fucking pumped. Yeah, I am. Okay, so that's what I did not know that OBJ had signed with Baltimore. I know yeah, that, that was, was a big deal. Talk to him going to a couple different places. Okay, cool. That's awesome. All right, so my second star of the week is high cholesterol. I have high cholesterol. <laughs> did I talk about this yet? No, that's why I'm laughing. So I went From Odell Beckham Jr. and party bust a high cholesterol. So I went. Uh, I finally uh, went and got my blood work analyzed uh, after doing my physical, and everything's good. And like no, no, I'm thank God everything's good. I'm very super blessed. Nothing crazy going on. Nothing, nothing bad, which um, I'm very thankful for. But my cholesterol is super high. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I didn't I didn't realize this is um, I went to go give my blood. Uh, test or whatever. Yeah. I gave blood for the blood test without fasting, which apparently can like screw things up. You're supposed to wait 12 hours before like eating. You can't eat or have anything. I've never waited 12 hours to eat in my life. Well, I, I know. So, so I didn't even like Since they called I was me literally born. Well, they called me and said, Hey, you got a doctor's appointment tomorrow to check up on your blood test results. Like, Oh shit. I didn't do that yet. Can I go do it now today? She's like, yeah, come on in. So I just went after I had like crushed a bunch of food. <laughs> so, but anyway, I'm at my third, my second star is high cholesterol because I have kind of like, I've now I'm committed to, Really working on my, uh, what did Fergie say? Um, working on your fitness. I'm your witness. My fitness, yeah. yeah. Working on my fitness, and yeah. you will be a witness. I am your witness. So, like, things like, I've also got, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not overweight. Uh, you know, I'm pretty, pretty skinny guy, but you're I'm like skinny. Le- you're a lean dude. I'm lean fat though. Oh, are you skinny fat? I'm skinny fat. Okay. Oh, skinny fat. Okay. I've got to lose some. I think it's called a dad. You're just a dad bod. I got a dad bod, yeah. and I'm working on, I really want to get rid of this. I, my gobble neck is getting big. And that's got to go. I work out at least three times a week now. Like man. if I could move some gobble neck fat down to my like my um, calves, that'd be awesome. <laughs> have awesome. Calves. Like I would have huge. I have terrible calves. I have great calves, but I'm fucking fast on skates, which is ironic. See, so, I've never been on skates, so I am definitely not fast. But I work out a couple times a week. I have a personal Good. trainer and everything. So I, I, I fuck around. So here's my problem: is I do like three to four times a week. I you know I do stuff with weights at the house. Nothing intense, but I do stuff. Are you just in your garage like blasting yeah. Metallica? Yes. <laughs> The back porch, mostly. Yes, I am. I am. Absolutely. I'm out in the woods, like literally looking out the woods, working That's on the, the back porch. That's the most awesome. dad thing I've ever Totally. Heard. That's so awesome. Well, I'm working. That's so awesome. My regiment now has turned into, I've d- developed this yesterday, is I'm going to do some running, but I'm also, I'm back on skates. So my, because of high cholesterol, I'm super pumped about this. Mm-hmm. Here's Jeff's workout routine, and I'm going to probably sell this and become an influencer. Oh shit! Skates whoa, and weights. Whoa. You got skates and weights. You're still work. You're skates and weights. I like it. You're still working on Costco, Daddy. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, Costco, Daddy. So skates and weights. So skating, right? Hit, yeah. Hitting the rollerblades. Yeah. Right. And I just want to preface, not like rollerblades from the '80s rollerblades, like hockey skates, right? Yeah. And I'm going through the neighborhood, and I'm cruising, and I got my stick, and I got my gloves on, and I'm get, and I'm feeling it. Yeah. So skates and weights. A lot of cardio. Okay. And I'm also got to watch my intake and what's going on. So high cholesterol, I'm ready. I'm okay. in. My right. wife and I are into this next six weeks. Next six weeks. We got a Disney cruise in July. Oh, I was going to say, there's a reason you got here. Summer ball. I'm going to be flexing on Goofy. Like, I'm going to okay. be, like, next to Goofy. Literally. Like, I will flex on Goofy. Yeah. Like, I'm going to, my point, because I'm not going to stop drinking. Like, gorge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Gorge. Look at, look at, that guy's got an eight pack. Oh, and, and a six pack. <laughs> Because I'll be celebrating. Yes, you will definitely be. That's my second star. High cholesterol, (laughs) two four, almost two forty, dude. Holy crap! Oh, that's amazing. That's not good. All right, my my second star of the week, and this will be a quick one, is just the TV show Succession. So they had is Tuesday morning, afternoon, whatever, and uh, their third episode of the final season 
is probably the best episode they've ever had. I can't say what happened. Massive implications. Did somebody succeed? Did some was somebody did, did a succession happen? There was some succession succeeding. There was some things. There was things happened. A succession occurred. Yeah, there were some things. Okay, things that I saw happening at some point, but did not expect at all. Three episodes into the final season, so. Okay. And it was just really well done. It was beautifully shot, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Um, nice. So yeah, I was—I I have to mention that because it kind of threw me for a loop. I somehow managed to avoid spoilers. I didn't get to watch it until late yesterday, um, and then and I'm glad I, I did avoid spoilers because I would have been very upset. So for those that watch the show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't ruin it for anybody else, and uh, yeah, watch it when you get a chance. Okay. At some point, I will. Yeah. Uh, we've been we've been really flopping around and watching a bunch of different stuff. I get it. Murder Mystery Two, Sandler and Jennifer Aniston on Netflix. I refuse. Why? I love Sandler. I just it's, it's just, pretty good. It looks pretty lame. It's funny. It's like when he did Grown Ups. I'm like, I'm out. It's funnier. It's funnier than it's he like the the, the more there's more Sandler esque jokes in it. Interesting. Like the weird ones. Because like I'm an things. old school Sandler Sandler fan. Like when I was in when I was in middle school, my mom was like, What do you want for uh, a gift? And I was like, I want the Adam Sandler stand up CD, What the Hell Happened to You? Oh yeah. And to so me. I and I Oh yeah, what the hell happened to me? Come on. And I got the C D and I remember I was listening to the skit where it's his friends and they're going on uh, the the road trip together <laughs> and they're all they're all opening up about how they've all fucked a sixty year old man. And, and like all these memories come flooding back to them. And my mom walked in my room and was like, what in the hell are you listening to? I was like, Adam Sandler. And I was like 13 years old. <laughs> so wait, wait. So what in the hell happened to me that the goat skit is on there. I mean, it's an infamous comedy album. It's so fucking good. Obviously Billy Madison and happy Gilmore, you know, one of my two, of my favorite comedies of all time. The, the, the best one, and I'll never forget this is my wife and I went to go visit some friends, um, in, uh, orange beach in Alabama Yeah, and we drank and we listened to like old, old school stuff that made us, you know, cause we were all about the same age, old as shit. Yeah. And we listened to like, you know who the jerky boys are? Yeah, of course. We listened to the jerky boys and it was like, some of it was funnier than remembered and some was not as funny as remembered. But it's weird how some stuff will age well and others you're like, this isn't funny at all. The hypnotist. Oh, it's so the good. Hypnotist, Where he keeps farting. Kevin yeah. Nealon as the <laughs> <Yeah>. hypnotist. <laughs> and Adam Sandler is the guy who's being hypnotized. And he, start, he can't help but laugh the entire time. He's like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, he's open like, a not, fucking window. He's like, he's like, just, he's yeah. like just calm down. So like, take a deep breath. I can't. <laughs> I'm going to listen to that way when I leave here. And it's actually like really relaxing because like Kevin Nealon's voice in it is so good. And Sandler the entire time is like, dude, I can't breathe. Like you're shitting your pants. Yeah. He's like it's that. He's so like, funny. that was the couch. That, that was, was the couch. <laughs> I'm laughing. People, people need to oh, listen God. to what in the hell happened to me. Yeah. The Adam yeah. Sandler comedy yeah. album. It, it's, it's so good. It still holds up to this. If you're day. in your twenties or thirties, you never heard of it. Listen, listen to it. To it. You're listen welcome. It. We just put you on. One and of the look, best don't can't, I don't know. I don't want to get canceled. I don't know what else is on there. That might still be that. Might... Remember the sex are working out where he's so clearly having sex with people. And, they're he's, like, and he's like, I'm having sex. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. 
If you know, if you only know Sandler as like the Netflix Sandler, you got to go back. Yes, you got to go yes, back. Yes, okay, yes, so that was prime SNL Sandler, which is fantastic. Yeah. All right, number one star is Louisiana Life Fishing. I went ham on uh, over the weekend. Went to Grand Isle, uh, which is a barrier island. Grand Isle was destroyed, basically destroyed by Hurricane. Ida. I don't know how it's still standing. Every season, I'm like, this is their last. Half of it is gone still yeah. and still being rebuilt. But uh, you know, Louisiana loves just they, they just. You know, look, they're strong. They're resilient. They, they, they'll survive many hurricanes to come. Uh, hopefully that never happens again, but, you know, at some point. Anyway, Grand Isle is, is a big fishing community. It's a beach community. It's on the Gulf. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went. My brother-in-law's got a camp there, basically a house there, right? And it's, they're all houses that are raised like 15 feet off the ground. Yeah. And we went, and we had Easter there with my in-laws, my, you know, my, Megan's parents, and then uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and the cousins. And we went out on a fishing charter. My son caught a 15-pound drum. Drum, nice. black drum, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Did you cook it up? Um, we do have it. It's in the freezer, which is awesome. Nice. Very cool. Um, my brother-in-law actually still has it. I, I had to text him. Like, hey, can you remember to save some of that fish for us? Uh, but we caught a bunch of trout. We had a blast. We went out with this guide who apparently, like, um, and my, my brother-in-law, first of all, he he's, like, born and raised uh, Cajun. He could fish in his sleep. But we went out with a guide because it was nice. He had a nice boat, and we nice. went out there. And what was cool is this guy was probably in his 30s, like maybe, like, late 20s. Okay. And super smart. And... um. Apparently, according to my brother-in-law, is most like uh, fishing charter guys. They're old cranky dudes who yes. are super intense about fishing. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to kids, they don't have patience. Yeah. This guy, his name is Matt. If you're ever in Grand Isle, hook, hit me in the DMs. You've got to go use this dude because he, if you got kids, he was the most patient guy. Everything was like, oh, you, you want me to cast that for you, bud? And I'll bait that for you. Hey, let's put the, he had, he just, oh, said, damn. he was the nicest guy when it came to kids. And also too, That's I'm very a, cool. I'm a fishing novice. So I was an idiot and, and he's like, oh, no, don't worry about that. No, I'll help you. So he was just the nicest guy. So it was awesome. We did that. We bought my, my father-in-law boiled three pots of crawfish that afternoon. Mm-hmm. I drank a ton of beers. I had to quit and go to bed at about eight o'clock at night. Yes. Um, and uh, it was a blast. And then we went fishing again the next day, took the girls, my daughter, Charlotte, one of my twins, she caught a, a, a huge uh, redfish, yeah. which was fantastic. And we had a blast doing that. And then we just went out on the beach. We laid, we put down crab traps. We did all the Louisiana things. Yes. So I'm officially in. I made a TikTok video uh, on my personal TikTok. And I put that out with video clips and my... Um, 12, 13 year old nephew and my seven year old nephew and my kids were like, how many, how many views we got? And it was like, we got like, like not as much as Costco. No, no, I was like, we got like 800 <laughs> views. And they're like, whoa, it's like, you know, nothing. They're like, oh my God. And they're like, ah, and like, it's so weird. Like kids are so aware of that. So, Cause yeah, as a kid that like grew up without that stuff, it's just wild as well, fuck my kids weren't at all but then they were into no it. i know but it's just why like this is the, that's their norm like yeah. this is their life and for us it's like this well, yeah my 13 year old nephew put his first tiktok video up today of oh, pictures shit. from it and he said here you go china have my info so i'm gonna call i need you to go you're on tiktok you gotta yes. like his video i'll like him. his video i'll send you the link okay do that like i'll his just video. watch on repeat 100 times so he yeah. gets 100 views Hell yeah, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> so anyway great easter weekend it was awesome and now i'm ready for nhl playoffs so uh life is good Mine's very different than yours. My first star of the week is Pretty Lights, a.k.a. Derek Vincent Smith. So this is a dude that fell off the face of the earth like five years ago. It was 2018. Um, I think he cited like a lot of like a, like a drug and alcohol abuse. He was struggling mentally, et cetera, et cetera. So 
when I was going to college and living in Colorado, because he is from Fort Collins, Colorado, and he emerges like this artist. And I saw him like a number of times. And it's not even like, it's like electronic hip hop kind of, I don't know. It's like funky. I actually think you would like him a lot. And he's fucking really good. The crazy part is, so he blows up international, like massive, massive rising dude, just very different in his style of music. I see him at Red Rocks, like the best Red Rock shows ever. And the weird part is he actually moves to New Orleans. He starts putting out live albums with like jazz musicians and they're all incredible. Like these beautifully like constructed, like master, masterpiece stuff. And then he just disappears. And there's all these rumors about like all this abuse and just him, him not being okay and all this stuff. And he like no socials, no nothing. Five years gone. Out of nowhere last week, he posts three different times and he has launched a tour. He's like, I'm back. I'm healthy. I am thankful for everyone. I'm on a completely different path now. Oh, and by the way, like I have a shit ton of new music and I'm doing a whole new tour. So he's going all across the U.S. I'm not sure if he's doing international, uh, but he is also playing two nights here back to back at Mardi Gras World. I am not missing those shows. I am so freaking pumped to see him. I saw tickets for his show in Denver are like three fifty a piece, which is nuts. But like, he is a beloved dude, and I'm excited to see what like his new uh, his new sound and just to see him like happy and healthy and like doing new stuff again is awesome. But I'm just a big fan of him, and I'm gonna go see him live again. And it's been years. I'm excited. That's awesome, dude. Good for you. That's yeah. that's really. I'm, I'm freaking pumped. It's like, oh, this is a throwback, and you know, we support and love the guy. He's clearly been through some stuff, and now he's back. And I'm yeah, I'm excited. I love the just in general this the, there's live music everywhere bands are waking up from this the covid era thing and obviously yeah. like props to him for just you know uh, powering through all those things so he can come back and continue to do what he loves. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, but it's I love to see all these these bands that they've just not been doing anything for so long come yeah. back. So like that's that's going to be a big moment. That's great. That's huge. Yeah, you should uh, you should check out his album sometime. his like most recent one before he disappeared is when he had again I think he still lives here actually, but when he uh, started linking up with all these like really well-known jazz musicians and doing like this like electronic hip-hop jazzy stuff it was really cool but anyways love him i'm kick excited ass. i'm excited that he's back okay kick that's great well that's an awesome uh way to wrap up the three stars of the week which is great uh by the way uh will you go with me to a heavy metal show did we talk about this already no oh uh alter bridge and seven dust here in new oh, Orleans. Shit. seven dust nice Where yeah at? yeah Fillmore? It's, it's the Fillmore. i would love to i would love to. i've been wanting to go to the Fillmore for a while now okay so, yeah all right i actually had a pipe dream of seeing Alter Bridge in uh, Seattle, but the, that did not happen because they just they already played there. I think Shit. they played there uh, a couple weeks ago. But um, they're coming here with Seven Dust, two of my most favorite bands ever. Not I'm not trying to hijack your Pretty Lights discussion, but no, no, dude, you're good. All right, so, hijack it. Yeah, that's it's in May, mid May. Okay, uh, after Jazz Fest, which is cool. It's yes. on a Wednesday night, so it's like random. Not much is affected. Yeah, who cares? But Let's I go. I definitely want to go to a show with you. Yes, and we I need appreciate to do you that. go. We and need to do that. Uh, also, too, uh, can I get an invite to the party bus at some point? If you pay, I know. Yeah, that's it's a fine. business. It's going to be a business, Joey. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you mean the other party bus that we just go on? Yeah, the one that you don't oh, invite me to. Yeah, where you're like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, we got full. I'm like, that's I have, fine. I've been on it one time. I'm not boring. I've been on it one time. Yeah, that's it. Did you see that Baton Rouge got officially they signed the hockey team? They did it. Yeah, that happened like today. And what? I, I got a text like right before uh, we started recording. I didn't want to tell you until the end. What? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, Baton Rouge is officially Good. signing that hockey team. Um, and we are officially in the depths. That will be pleasing for people's ears. <laughs> that hurt my ears. <laughs>
that's awesome that there's hockey officially coming back because we had gone to a couple of exhibition games. They wanted to test the market in December. Don't say we. I wasn't there. You I weren't was, there. I didn't get the I invite there. on the party I bus. I was at the game. Yeah. You did not come on the party bus. I oh, know. I know. You'll yeah. be in the next Just one. Just trying to be your friend. We're going to happen. That's fine. That's going to happen. Right. And they are officially coming back. Have they named the team? Is it going to be the Kingfish? I haven't looked at the article yet. We've been recording. Hockey returns to Louisiana. That was terrible. Yeah. I have got, we have got to start a podcast for that team. And I, we grab your fucking mind. We, you know, With we, what time, Jeff? <laughs> I mean, we'll just piggyback it on these mornings. We'll just, all, all, Tuesdays will be like all day long hockey podcast day. And um, I don't know about the actual name of the team, but they're going to be a part of the Federal Prospects Hockey League, which has mm. been around for 12 years. Ugh. That sounds rough. And they currently have a yeah. uh, teams in multiple states. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the name of the actual mm. team, though. So, mm. But, yeah, 20-year absence and their full-time hockey franchise is coming back to Baton Rouge, which is an hour away from us. Yep. Um, and, yeah, you were at the game for the Mississippi Seawolves, right? Yes. Nice. nice yeah, nice, not nice, bad nice. at all. Uh, let's see. Baton Rouge, latest. I got to see this stuff. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, nice. I know. We got to catch up. Murders, murders. Murders, murders. This is a great. Yep, yep. This is a great podcasting. Right uh huh. Uh huh. Just article. Doom scrolling the news. I don't care. This is our podcast. I will do what I want. <laughs> April eleventh. Signed a three-year lease with the Raising Canes River Center. Yeah. I love, Heck yeah. I love it already. Awesome. I love it already. Okay, cool. This is great. Is it officially the Kingfish? I, I don't know. If you made it this far in the podcast, God bless you. Yeah, God bless. May God be good to your family. Or you're just that bored. Maybe you should get a new, may a new the, hobby. May the Dalai Lama suck your tongue. Okay. <laughs> Time to wrap it up. We, Piper Shaw. Thank you to Piper Shaw. She got an episode that officially will probably get a memo from the crack and say, hey, don't go on that podcast again. Yeah. So if this is the last no, time, Bruce it was the Ford best time. sent out a mass email. They're like, hey, by the way, that's the last fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smoke. So Piper, thank you for that. Let's go cracking. Beat the Golden Knights. Let's roll the playoffs with some wins. And let's do it. We are underrated and we're going to make waves in these playoffs. So thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Thank you for the ratings and wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you for following us on Twitter and talking to us across all social media at Pod everywhere. And we would like to leave you with the chirp of the week. What is a chirp? It's when hockey players talk trash to each other on the ice. Thanks for listening to the Kraken Pod. Here is your chirp of the week. Well, I'll start off by saying this. Do not blame that game on the defense, okay? I don't care who you play, whether it's a high school team, a junior college team, a college team, much less an NFL team. When you turn the ball over five times, four interceptions, one for a touchdown, three others in field position to set up touchdowns, you ain't going to beat anybody I just talked about. Anybody. All right? And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. Uh, you know, you can't turn the ball over five times like that. Holy crap. I don't know who the hell we think when we are when we do something like that. Unbelievable. Five turnovers. One of them for, we've, we've thrown four interceptions for touchdowns this year. That might be an NFL record. That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to, to perform like that. Pitiful. What's that? Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Another game.